Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome to the passion project I call Inquiries of Our Reality. This show has been a long time coming with one of the people I used to listen to before I even started any of my shows. This one goes everywhere from politics to strange phenomenon, so hold on tight because it's a whirlwind of information, but you guys are definitely going to love it. But before we can get into that, of course, I got some news and updates for you guys. Um, I will be vending at Squonkapalooza, which will be August 26, 2023, um, in Central Park, downtown Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, it is a free event. It's going to be happening from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., rain or shine. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff going on there as far as vendors, artists, crafts, games, speakers, movies, activities, live music, food trucks, and cosplay. So uh, if you guys are able to make it out, definitely uh, come and say hi to me over at my table. Um, if anybody is coming out, it'd be really cool if you guys wouldn't mind uh, making some type of contact so I know that you guys are coming. Then at least I'll know your guys' faces and names so I can point at you guys and say, hey, I know that guy. And uh, I literally will do that. If you guys want me to do that, I will point at you and I will make it as weird as possible and pretend like I know you and dance around and I'll make it weird. It'll be fun. But uh, that's one event that's going to be happening. So I hope to see you guys there, of course. And an announcement for a future event, uh, I did get accepted to vend at Small Town Monster Fest 2, which will be happening next year in June in Canton, Ohio. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more information as we get closer to the event, but if anybody went to Small Town Monster Fest 1 and they're planning on going to 2, I will be there, of course. And just like Squonkapalooza, if any of you guys are planning on attending, let me know because I'd love to actually know some of your guys' faces before the event actually comes. But like I said, as it gets closer, I'll be posting some more on social media, give you guys some more information. And I'm sure most of you guys probably follow the Small Town Monsters page, so they'll be keeping you posted and updated on everything, of course. But moving on in front of the house, if you guys haven't already reviewed or rated the show on Spotify or iTunes, it'd be really awesome if you guys wouldn't mind doing that. It's a good way to help the show get seen by some more people. And of course, if you guys give the show a five-star review on iTunes, um, I will read on the show, give you guys a shout out. That's always fun. I love reading those. So hopefully nothing negative and you guys throw me some more uh, positive reviews my way. It's been a little bit since I've gotten a review or rating for the show. So anything you guys throw, definitely appreciate it. Uh, if you guys aren't already following the show on social media, highly recommend that you go and do that. Uh, we are now active on YouTube and TikTok. If you guys are interested in going and checking that content out, um, I'll be posting some more new video content, be it clips of the shows, uh, 
some recent pictures that I had posted from a paranormal investigation that I had recently been on. Um, there's always going to be some more cool stuff. I'm always trying to expand the video content over there. So go and check it out. Uh, if you guys want to pop into the Telegram or the Discord, have some awesome conversations with some awesome people. Uh, still in the process of building those up. So anybody hopping in, it's more appreciated than I can ever say. So do me the solid, pop in, even if you're just kind of bouncing here and there for conversations, any little bit thrown in, interacting, always helps, always great. And you guys rock for it, of course. Uh, if anybody wants to be a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, cryptozoologist, experiencer, contactee, UFOologist, uh, whistleblower, any of that, any open-minded individual, I want to sit down, I want to have a conversation with you, so don't hesitate to shoot me a message because I'd love to get you on the show. You guys can, of course, shoot me a message on Instagram, which is the one that I'm the most active on as far as social media goes, or you guys can email me at inquiriesallrealitypodcast.outlook.com, or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, that'll go directly to my email, and uh, make sure you check your spam or junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed, because more often than not, it seems like a lot of stuff gets pushed that way, just because of me sending out links for the show, they just assume I'm spam. So make sure nothing gets missed, because I do respond to every single email and message that you guys send me. Um, you guys listen to the show, you guys interact with me, the least I can do, of course, is respond to you guys. So don't worry about me not responding, because I will respond. Just make sure that the message doesn't get missed, of course. And uh, if you guys enjoy the content I do, you guys can always go and check out Bizarre Encounters, my uh other show that I do with my two awesome co-hosts, Orin and Jenny, uh, deep diving into bizarre encounters, just like the title says, uh, talking about paranormal, uh, UFOs, aliens, cryptids, all that fun stuff, uh, all died from our perspective. Also some interviews get thrown in there. Some encounters get thrown in there. It's a really fun show. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, it's a little bit more comical than this show. Yes, we make some jokes here and there on this show, but over there, uh, we tend to let it get off the rails just cause it's fun. Um, mainly in the intro and stuff, you know, if we have a serious guest on, we'll keep it a little bit more serious, but when we're doing our dives, we have some fun with it, but I think you guys will really enjoy that. If you guys enjoy this show and, uh, if you guys want to keep tabs on all the things that I do, you guys can of course go and check out open mind media. Uh, that is what I keep the YouTube, uh, the TikTok, and I do have a profile for it on Instagram. And I use that to mainly post everything for all the shows all in one place. So if you guys don't go follow Bizarre Encounters and Increase of All Reality, at least go follow Open Minds Media and keep updated on all the different content that I'm putting out. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. Uh, as far as this show goes, uh, there is a Patreon for Open Minds Media, which is Bizarre Encounters and this show all coordinated into one place. So you don't just get one show, you get two shows. So it's a little bit more bang for your buck. And that also includes any other shows that I may put out in the future. Uh, there's multiple tiers over there. Um, all of them have different perks. Uh, some of those perks include ad-free episodes, uh, live access to episodes, live replays of episodes, which is the video format of the episodes. Uh, there's also exclusive merch store discounts. And of course, it's always expanding. So if you guys have anything that you guys would love to see for the Patreon, just let me know. I'd love to incorporate it and give you guys exactly what you want as far as that goes. Uh, you guys can also donate to the show directly through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, uh, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. Um, if you guys donate anything to the show, if it doesn't give you some type of option to leave a personalized message, uh, shoot me a message. Let me know that you guys donated because I'd love to give you guys a shout out on the show. Give appreciation where appreciations do, of course. Uh, the third way you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store. Uh, there you're going to find designs for all of the different things that stay under the Open Minds Media category. Um, I will be dropping some new designs pretty soon on there. Um, I might even start incorporating some other cryptid designs that may not necessarily be pertaining to either show, but just my own little series of different merch designs I want to do. So keep tabs over there. Check it out. Let me know what you guys like. Um, let me know what you guys don't like, and then I can kind of coordinate the store accordingly. If you guys haven't already, don't forget to go and check out Crypto Theology also. There you'll find yourself a bunch of awesome 
cryptid merchandise, uh, paranormal merchandise, UFO merchandise. Uh, a lot of really, really cool stuff. Joe's always dropping some new stuff, a lot of really cool parody designs. So if you haven't already checked it out or seen me posting the shirts that I'm always wearing on Instagram, I highly recommend that you do because I guarantee you guys will find something that you like there. And uh, just a little PSA I want to throw out here as far as uh, supporting podcasts. Uh, if anybody has a podcast that they love, there's a few different ways to support the podcast. There's ways that you can support the podcast by spending nothing. And there's ways that you guys can support the podcast by throwing a little bit towards it. Uh, keep in mind that producing a podcast isn't always free, but we do love doing this kind of stuff for you guys. So if you guys can't throw anything back as far as that goes, uh, you guys can always leave a review. That's an awesome thing to do. Uh, tell somebody about your favorite podcast. Uh, you guys can also set auto download on any of your podcast catcher apps. And that way it'll get tallied as a listen, even if you guys haven't listened to it. So it's an awesome way to help us uh, keep boosting and promoting the show. Uh, you guys can also just email us, say thanks for producing the podcast. Uh, we definitely all dig doing that. And uh, I'm not just saying that for this show. I'm saying for any podcast you guys enjoy, give a little bit of love and appreciation back to the people that you know try to keep you guys entertained for free for the most part. And uh, if you guys want to support our work and make it so that all of us awesome podcasters might have eventually be able to do this full time and uh, just be able to produce just nonstop awesome content for you guys. Uh, you guys, of course, can always support Patreons. You guys can make donations to the show. Uh, you guys can buy merchandise from the merch stores. Uh, you guys could always try out some of the sponsors that somebody might have on the show. For example, you know, going and picking yourself up a t-shirt from Crypto Theology is always a plus. Um, I don't necessarily make anything off of that, but it's just... I love Joe's work. I really want to support him as much as I can. And uh, anything that I can push his way just makes me feel good because I just really love the stuff that he puts out. And I don't see anybody else out here that's doing stuff like him. So even that can extend past podcasters, of course. And uh, this isn't necessarily pertaining to this show, but I know there's a lot of podcasters out there that do live events. Um, if you guys just make the time to buy a ticket to go to the live events, that's a great way to support the shows. But there's endless ways to support the show, whether you want to actually incorporate money and spend something or not. But don't forget to support all of your favorite podcasts in some way, shape, or form. Even interacting with the podcast, going on to the Instagram, uh, interacting in the Telegram or the Discords, like it means the world to us. So anything you guys do, again, more than appreciated. Just a little PSA I want to put out there as far as uh, everybody that's listening to the show. Don't forget to support everybody that you guys enjoy listening to. And uh, everything that I mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, the one, the only, Ron from New England from the Weekly Planet Podcast. How's it going today, man? I'm doing good, Shane. How are you? Not too bad. Finally uh, able to make it so that we're able to do a show. It's been a year and a half in the making, and uh, I'm ha glad we're finally here and able to do it because we had some technical issues last time we tried to run this. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to make sure I did this one from the studio because I don't have any issues on Riverside or anything like that when I do it in the studio. When I try to do it on my laptop at home, it's a mess. I don't understand why, but we're here and we're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> the forces that be, we didn't even get to talk about conspiracies last time. They're already coming at us with technical issues. They're like, they know that these guys are going to get into some weird shit. So they just started automatically trying to block us right off the bat, just taking precautions. <laughs> but uh, for anybody that isn't familiar with uh, who you are, what you do, why don't you let them know a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your show? Yes. I'm Ron from new England, uh, new England podcaster. I'm the host of the Wicked Planet podcast. If uh, I'm sure we probably uh, have some listeners, some cross-listening there going on, Shane. 
And uh, so if anybody wants to check out the Wicked Planet, we call it a conspiracy comedy show. Uh, we sometimes do go kind of dark on some subjects. Like lately, we've been talking a lot about uh, some true crime things, some murders, some missing kids, some child trafficking stuff. And uh, so, so the show does go dark a little bit, but we always like to throw a little comedy in there to kind of lighten the mood. But uh, we don't have any particular format. There's me and Buckley. Uh, people are probably familiar with him. We just hop on and we talk about whatever's going on inside of our brains that night. And that usually ends up being pretty entertaining. Hey, that's the best way to have a conversation, though, is you got to keep it organic because if you keep it too scripted, it's it's hard to listen to. So, I mean, at least for a lot of these shows, I feel like we've all kind of figured out the formula where you just got to kind of keep it organic, keep your points that you want to talk about, but don't overly script it because it's just it's too much and it's just not good to listen to at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You have some shows where people are just reading, reading a script. Like to me, that's not cool. You can tell too. To, to each their own, to each their own. I mean, even for the people with scripts, I've had a few people that have asked like, oh, how do I make my show sound a little bit better and easier to listen to? It's like plot points. Even if you want to use a script, plot points. So for any other podcasters out there that are thinking about starting shows, if you want to do a scripted show, instead of just reading a straight script, give yourself points and just talk about it organically. That's that's my best advice for if you're trying to run that show format. But <laughs> yeah, well, that's just kind of similar to the advice that I would have too. I just do bullet points. Like, like these are things that if we get around to it, <laughs> we'll talk about, you know what I mean? Uh, we do a lot of current events on uh, wicked planet. You know, I like to stay up on the current, what we call the current conspiracies or the current distractions, like all of them that we got going on right now. I mean, here it is. It's just after July 4th. So everybody's probably pretty familiar, all the distractions that have been in the news in the last couple of weeks. Right. So we cover a lot of that on wicked planet. And then, you know, usually in the first half, that's what we'll do. Then we get into the second half of the show and then we'll get like really into a particular subject. Uh, and then, and then we just go for it. And sometimes the shows are hour and a half. Sometimes they're two hours. I don't know. We're thinking we might cut them back to an hour and a half. Not really sure. We're going to see what the listeners that have to say about that and, uh, and just make it interesting. That's the biggest thing. Like if anybody wants to join podcasting, get out of the echo chamber be different. Don't be afraid to be different. You know, because our show, like we hardly ever have guests on. And the only guests we've had on like you, we had you call into the show way back when, like, like I'll, I'll just do that spur of the moment too. Like we'll be doing the show and then I'll pick a podcaster, you know, friend or whatever. And I'll text them. I'll say, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just doing this and that. I said, what are you doing right now? Oh, I'm not doing nothing. I said, okay, go check your email. There's a link. Click on it. <laughs> Dude, that was a so, long time so, ago. I forgot about it. I didn't forget about it, but I like forgot for a while ago that we were planning on trying to do a little bit more. And I remember we were talking about uh, weird uh, temples that had been found in the Amazon back then. And I don't know oh, if yeah. you guys ended up digging more into it, but I remember that was pretty interesting conversation for a little bit that it did last. It was about like a half hour or so, but. Yeah, you know what, Shane? We're going to start getting more into the... Uh kind of the oddities of things, right? And like, you know, ancient history, forgotten history or forbidden history, that stuff really interests me. Like I, you know, I, I feel like I want to talk about things that interest me because I can make it interesting for the listener, right? But then, but then I'm thinking, well, you know, sometimes you think you just want to do your show, you know, something interesting that just a listener will like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Like I have to be into the subject. If I'm into the subject, I'm going to, I'm going to research it more. I'm going to know more about it. I'm going to be more enthusiastic about it. And then that's what we're going to talk about on the show. And so far, knock on wood, 
you know, the reaction from the listeners has been pretty positive. I mean, you know, we all, you all get that one or two people that just like to comment just to be nasty or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but most of the time I, I find that it's probably just another podcaster, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do that jealousy thing or they're trying to put you down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to be in competition with anybody. You know, we do our show. You do your show. I don't care what you do. That's kind of where I'm you at, do, man. You just, do you. Just got to exist you in your own circle. It's at a certain point. Yeah. That's kind of what I've been doing for a while. And it sort of worked out pretty well for me. And I get to talk to some interesting people and then you keep the politics out of it. I mean, politics are fun to talk about on podcasts, of course, but when it comes to podcast or politics, not so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can I can go hard on geopolitics, like for sure, like stuff that's going around on around the world and how it pertains to potential conspiracies. That's what I like to get into, dude. We can sit here and talk about Joe Biden being an idiot all day long for for all week, like no problem. <laughs> he gives us he gives us plenty of material to do that with, right? But to me, it's just, it's boring. It's boring. You're not telling anybody something that they don't already know. Right. All you got to do is hang out on IG, hang out on Twitter, whatever. You're going to find out what's going on. I mean, it's just blasted everywhere. So why waste the time in talking about it? You know, uh, when we recorded last night, Buckley and I, we did bring up the cocaine that they found in the White House. I, to me, I, 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 I just think it's kind of funny. You know, I don't I don't have a problem with it. You know, I don't even really have a problem. If you want to do coke, do coke. You know, I, I look at pot and coke and like in a different category than, you know, hard drugs, fentanyl, stuff like that. Like that, that's different or crack or whatever. You know, I don't know. I've just always, I've just always been that way. You know I mean? It was very popular back in the roaring twenties. You know, everybody did it back in the roaring twenties. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden it's supposed to be, uh, you know, Oh, that's the devil. That's the devil, the devil powder. And it's like, come on people. I mean, that whole thing, honestly, I think was just a matter of trying to corner a market to try to make more off of it. But I mean, it's kind of expected when you work a job where you just constantly have to go, 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 go. Like, I'd be surprised if the president wasn't doing some type of like cocaine or like methamphetamine or some shit. Like, you got to have something or, you know, those smelling salts to keep him rolling, especially Biden with his incoherence. Maybe he needs some more smelling salts or coke. Or maybe that's his problem in the first place. He spits gibberish because he's so fucked up on coke all the time that he just thinks he's saying words, but he's not. (laughs) You know, it just makes for funny segments on the show. (laughs) Yeah, you just you just go for a few minutes and just beat up on Joe a little bit. I can't let it go. You know what I mean? I just I mean, he's destroying like everything that we ever knew as America. You know, I I mean, in my personal opinion, I mean, there's plenty of people out there that think he's doing a great job. And I don't know where the hell, you know, their thought process is originating, but it is what it is. Right. It's one uh, of the Bidens because apparently there's two. And I've been talking about this one for a while with my girlfriend and she's like, oh, it's just on TV, blah, blah, blah. But it's like you check CNN, you check NBC, you check like all the big news sources, quote unquote. And it's like sometimes his lobes are attached. Sometimes they're not. What's up with that? (laughs) Isn't that bizarre? I think it's deep fake. It's got to be like a rubber mask or something. Just that simple, simple uh, detail, right? I mean... Your earlobes either hang or they don't. Mine don't. Mine go right into my right into my head, right? And that's never changed. It's been like that since I was born. But I can tell you something. Like a, I'm an older guy, so I've got a lot more experience with Joe Biden than most people even listening to your show, right? My biggest demographic of listeners on my show is is between 35 and 50 years old. You know what I mean? That's kind of mine too, for the most part. And and more so, more so 35 to 45 years old. Right. 
So these are people that are also familiar with Joe Biden. Like, I remember Joe Biden when he was just a senator. And I remember the stupid shit he used to come up with. And I remember how he was just all about Bill Clinton. And, and, and to tell you the truth, and I've said this a million times, I'll say it again. The country was doing good when Bill Clinton was president. I, I never voted for him, but I did appreciate how well the economy was doing during the Clinton years. And he was president for two terms. The biggest problem, and even everybody else down in Washington freaking hated Hillary, absolutely hated her because it, she made it look like she was trying to run the show, like she's telling Bill what to do, you know? And, and it's like, and this is and this is where my hatred for Hillary began. My hatred for Hillary is not new. That's been going on since the early 90s, you know, when Clinton first became president. So, but getting back to Biden, like, like Biden used to be a very articulate person, although he was always full of shit. He used to be I anti-gay mean, he was, as hell, and now he's known as the woke president. That was the other weird part. So he was he was one of the biggest plagiarists you ever want to see running for president. <laughs> he had to drop out of two campaigns because of plagiarism. And then he still makes stories up. And, and right now, I don't, I don't know if he's making them up only... Like, I don't think he's making it up. I think he truly believes that. You know, how he keeps talking about his son, Bo, how he died in Iraq. Okay, Bo died of cancer in the United States. Doesn't right? that just but, show but how he, crazy or that he's starting to lose his mental cognition at that point if he doesn't even remember how his son passed? Okay, so if anybody has any question on whether or not this dude is having cognitive issues, like, think again. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even you walk know, up the damn stairs. <laughs> I mean, he's an old dude. I think that's the other problem. We need some younger presidents. I want to say Kennedy was like in his 40s when he was elected president, right? And, and that was like the last good Democrat, in my, in my opinion. Now, Kennedy was assassinated almost a month, like a month and a week before I was born. But we're in New England. We're all very familiar with the Kennedy family. They got that big, huge compound down there on Cape Cod, down in Hyannisport, right? So we've always kept an eye on the Kennedys. You know, what are these guys up to? No, because they, they started out as basically criminals. <laughs> I mean, old old Joe Kennedy. I mean, every, everybody hears the story. Oh, well, he was a bootlegger, which, you know, was kind of just a generalized term. But essentially, that's what he was. So he was still tied in with the, with the Irish mob out of Ireland. And if anybody knows anything about New England or knows anything about the city of Boston... South Boston, or what they call Southie, is run by the Irish mob. Like, even to this day, the Irish people control what is going on down there. And you're talking about the days of back of Whitey Balja in the Winter Hill Gang, right? Which, which the Winter Hill Gang, that was actually another person that ran that, and Whitey took that over. But you can bet your ass that the Kennedys had plenty to do with Whitey Balja and his crews. But Joe Kennedy was smuggling in Irish whiskey from Ireland. And his big compound is literally right on the ocean. Oh, shocker. I mean, their <laughs> compound in Cape Cod has its own beach. I know I've been there. You know what I mean? So it would be real easy <laughs> for boats to just come right up to his dock. And unload, and it wasn't a single cop in Massachusetts, a senator, congressman, governor, nobody, Mayor Boston, nobody was going to mess with the Kennedys. And it's 
Frankly, it's probably still that way today. But getting back to the original story. So, yes, he was a bootlegger, and this is where he made a majority of his money, right? Mm -hmm. So when he's making money from bootlegging, well, what's he doing with it? He's investing it in properties. He's investing it in buildings in the city of Boston. He's investing in property on Cape Cod. He's investing, uh, you know, just everywhere, right? And and everybody knows, like, like really good money in drugs, really good money in alcohol, like during Prohibition, right? Just just like the drug trade is, like, very lucrative now, if you can get away with it, which you're not going to get away with it unless you have politicians and police on board. Mm-hmm. That That's how that works, right? So So you know that he had all these people on board. So, you know, you're talking back then, you know, you got a cop in the city of Austin's probably making the equivalent of uh, or, or probably $5,000 a year, just say, back then. Well, if Joe Kennedy walks up to you and gives you 500 or a grand, what are you going to do? Keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, you're going to say, oh, oh, look at that bird. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't see I don't see that boat, that trawler coming in from Ireland. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very interesting. Uh, but anyways, getting back to it. So so uh, JFK was the first, not only the one of the youngest presidents uh, in the modern times, modern age, uh, but he was also Catholic, which was kind of uh, kind of a big deal back then, too. I don't make, makes any deal now. Joe Biden says he's a Catholic. Oh, I'm a devout Catholic. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job there. Well, you know, how long does it take you to get through confession? You know what I mean? <laughs> he but, just doesn't. <laughs> but anyways, but but yeah, so on the show, it's fun to beat up on Biden and, and I and I do my best. I just do it briefly. I try to I try to make it comedic. You know what I mean? It's one of those things like, that uh, it's like kicking kicking a dog, like a limping dog or something like he's already down. <laughs> like, you know, there's only so much you can say before you start almost like feeling bad because the guy's so incoherent and is clearly like a puppet and has no idea what he's doing and isn't doing anything. He's just following what people are telling him to do at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, I lost you for a little bit there, Shane. You were kind of breaking up. Oh, lost the connection. Oh, no, I was saying he... uh it's like kicking like a like a like a limp dog. Like he's already beat up, he's already down. So it's like you can only do it so many times before you almost start feeling bad for the guy, considering that he probably has no idea what the hell he's even doing half the time. He's clearly a puppet. And I mean, even connecting to like the lobes thing, I mean, it may not even be him half the time. Like people don't want to believe the whole lobes thing, but like how many how many uh, politicians, how many other dictators have had like like fill in people? to take their position that or somebody that looks just like them or they're wearing like a specific type of deep fake mask. So it's like, it's known that this has been a th- common thing with politicians for, for a long time. So it's like, why, why would anybody think it'd be any different with like the president of the United States? You don't think that he has some type of fill in double that pops up here and there. Like people are like, Oh, the lobes are bullshit. The lobes are bullshit. But like thinking the most rational as you possibly can, like the guy has at least one fill in. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I want to say probably almost every president has had what I call a stunt double. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you can even go back. Even Joseph Stalin had doubles. Adolf Hitler had doubles. I know for a fact that Saddam Hussein had like up to six or seven doubles that would actually go out and talk to the public, you know, do the speeches from the balcony, all this stuff. And the people, they're not, they don't know the difference. I mean, they're not allowed. They didn't have that kind of technology back then. So you used you used a double or a doppelganger or whatever. Where now, these masks. I mean, 
I could probably get a mask and look like Michael Jackson for all we know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's just, I think the possibilities now are endless with deep fakes. Uh, you're not going to get away with a deep fake at a, like a, uh, like an interview or a press conference or something like that. But, you know, as far as like a CGI deep fake, but you can definitely do that in video. But I mean, we've seen some pretty sketchy video of him scratching his neck and it looks like he's wearing a latex mask. Mm -hmm. And did you see the latest thing, Shane, where, where he had these uh, square imprints on his cheeks? Oh, I didn't see and, that and one. Oh, you didn't see that? That was going mm -hmm. around last week. There was some pictures of Joe Biden and it looked like, you, you know what it looked like, what people were saying. It looked like the strap from a ball gag. <laughs> oh. They're just like, keep your mouth shut. We'll play a recording. <laughs> and, and it, and, but I mean, there were wide straps. So what they said was, a lot of people were saying, well, he's probably on a CPAP machine, which is what you use for sleep apnea. I remember and, hearing okay, about this so, now. Okay. Okay. So let me tell you something about CPAP machines. I've been on CPAP for 25 years. And it makes me sleep like a baby. It's basically air injection at night, you know? But I can tell you my mask, the strap is maybe a half an inch wide. These imprints on Joe Biden's face, they were like two inches wide. You know, again, like leather strap, ball gag type stuff, you know? <laughs> Which, hey, we don't know what this dude is into, right? I mean, we know he's, you know, if he's anything, if Hunter is anything like his dad, that might give you a little clue on what his dad is into, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, but I can tell you uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, just in my opinion and my my uh, experience with CPAP, <laughs> those ain't from a CPAP mask. Just not. They're just not. <laughs> so there you go. There's another question. What is this? Is it is it a, maybe a latex ma uh, a latex mask? And inside, that's where the adhesive is and may have been a hot day. So it was kind of puffing out, but it was sticking with that it, it, when adhesive was. I mean, because it looked like about the same width of adhesive tape, right? I mean, I know it's just a, it's just a conspiracy theory I'm throwing out there, but. No, I was kind of thinking along the kind of the same things that I was thinking it might be something to help alter the voice if it was a deep fake, because assumably they might have something that sits on their throat and then they might have something that kind of closes your jaw up because just kind of like tightening your mouth up kind of changes the way you talk. So I almost wonder if it's like a two component thing that you'll have something on your throat that changes the vibration from your, from your speech. And then you might have something that's on your cheeks that kind of will either expand your mouth or like close your mouth to make it so that your, your talking is a little bit more muttered or a little bit more open, depending on who you're trying to deep fake. Well, I'll tell you what, right now I've watched a ton of videos of Joe Biden speaking. I can remember watching him talk when I used to watch C-SPAN. Dude, I was really into politics. Like, I wanted to take political science, all that. I was into politics big time. And that's why a lot of times people will have me come on other shows just to talk about geopolitics, you know? But so this Biden, just the structure of his head, his skull, his nose, his cheeks, they are different. And I don't care... If it's you're saying, oh, you're 80-something years old now, or however old he is. I don't know. He's late 70s, early 80s, right? But I think he's the oldest president there ever was, if I'm not mistaken. But the thing is, your bone structure does not change. It just doesn't. No, your body can change. You can gain weight. You can lose weight. You can get jacked. You can get weak. You can get whatever. But your skull is always going to stay the same. I'm telling you, it's not the same guy.
Mm-mm, definitely not. I, I honestly don't think it's the same guy whatsoever. Like to the point where I'm kind of curious if it's somebody deep fit. If there maybe is even three people involved. He might have like a double that literally looks like him. And that might be what some of the connected earlobe guy is. And then there's the other times where he just, his face doesn't move right. And that could be a third person. Maybe when that second fill in isn't able to make it, but like half the time with Joe, like he's so incompetent and incoherent. It makes you wonder if they wake up in the morning and say, Joe, where are you? And he goes, I'm on planet Neptune. And they're like, all right, deep fake today. Hey, you know what? I don't know if you've ever heard the stories of how jacked up Hitler was on dope. I mean, that, that guy was that guy was getting injections. First thing when he woke up. Now, now Hitler liked to sleep in, right? Uh, Hitler wouldn't get up until 10, 11, sometimes noontime, right? Because he didn't sleep. Like he wouldn't go to bed till probably four o'clock in the morning, right? But they had to give him drugs so he could sleep. They used to have to give him drugs as soon as he woke up. And then he had, you know, he had like a maintenance plan during the day. He had his own doctor. His doctor's name was Morell, Dr. Morell. He was Hitler's personal doctor that the only job he had was to keep Hitler coherent. <laughs> Do you know right? what he was using? Like, was it, a, I'm assuming it's a mix of like methamphetamine. And then at night they're probably using some type of like tranquilizer or something. Right. But is there anything okay. that actually came out of what he was using as his like plan? There's a lot of information out there about what, what Hitler was actually on, right? Uh, let's just put it in modern times. He was on, he had, this Dr. Morell. I don't even know if he was even really a doctor, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, there was people in Hitler's inner circle that are like, dude, we got to get rid of this guy. But Hitler forbade it. You know, you don't mess with him. Because what's, like, you take it like, like a junkie. Right, he's going to protect his supplier, right? He just found so a chemist. Is, the guy wasn't a doctor. He was just a chemist. <laughs> okay, so he was making up all these concoctions, right? <laughs> so, so we had this one concoction. They called it Vitamolten. And I actually think it was a combination. I think it was a speedball. <laughs> you know, I, think, I, think it was, I think it was part Coke, part heroin, which those do different things, apparently. I don't know. I've never done heroin. And I can't confirm or deny on the other. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there was some kind of mixture he was on and maybe some methamphetamine put in there or, you know, not methamphetamine, but amphetamines, right? Because they had in all the mess kits in these German soldiers, this, this pill called Pervitin. And Pervitin is freaking amphetamines. They were jacking up their soldiers because they... First off, you're blitzkrieging, dude. You ain't got time to sleep. <laughs> you know, we got blitzkrieging to do here. You know, we got we got to roll across three countries in two weeks. Let's get it rolling. Let's get shit together. But what happened was he's, you know, the same thing like when you see a person that's jacked up on meth now, right? He's very agitated very easily, right? And, and, and if they're not taking like their recommended daily dose, which as time goes by, it becomes increasingly more, right? I mean, you could probably take a little bit of meth and feel pretty cool, but, you know, after a week, you're like, ah, that's not going to do it, so I need to, to do more, right? It's like the people that would do a gram of Coke in a, in a night and do good next, you know, a month later, they're going through an eight ball in a night, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's the, same, it's the same principle. So these German soldiers are all getting just like super soldiers, right? We're invincible. Of course, they're already got that mindset anyway. 
because that's been drilled into their head since they were a little kid in Hitler youth, right? Because that was mandatory in Germany. Your little kids going in Hitler youth, which is like if you took the Cub Scouts and gave them machine guns, <laughs> right? Machine that guns and meth. That would be, it's, it's like Cub Scouts boot camp and give them some automatic weapons. Okay. This is Hitler youth. But not only did they do that, but they also indoctrinated them in school. Right. So, so Hitler youth was a series of you're going to school. Now you're going to do your exercise and, and then we're going to go do a, you know, a 10 mile March. Oh, while you're at it, wear this pack. Because what they wanted to do was build the ultimate human, the ultimate soldier, and the ultimate, the ultimate person as far as patriotism went, as far as being a German was concerned, right? You know how the SS, they had the two lightning volts? Mm-hmm. Well, Hitler's use insignia was the single lightning volt. And when you got the second lightning volt, which meant you were SS, which is upper echelon elite, elite troops, right? Which started out as Hitler's actual bodyguard. Hitler's personal police force is what the SS initially was because there was a big difference between the SS and the regular army what they call the the Wehrmacht right that was the rich that was these guys like they didn't even have to belong to the Nazi party but you are the army for you know for for Germany period the SS that's Hitler's personal army that's how that worked and that's why they would pick and choose the best little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boys coming out of Hitler Youth, and they would indoctrinate them in school. You not only take an oath to Germany, but you take a personal oath to Adolf Hitler, right? So they're already mentally jacked up, and then they're giving them the best, best weaponry there was. Like Nobody can argue that in World War II, right? And... Now we're going to jack you up and uh, up on uh, amphetamines, so you're going to be unstoppable. You're you're going to, dude. You're headed to Valhalla, right? Not to mention, too, they're even throwing in all the aspects of the occult. So not only is your mind completely skewed, but you're also assuming that you're like the ultimate person. And then on top of that, you're also trying to find specific items to make yourself better while you're jacked up on meth. So like, can you just imagine just? The people that are frantic from maybe not getting enough or the people that just took too much and they're all just hyped up and then they're trying to find like a mythical object that's hidden somewhere, dude. Like that's why they are tearing down churches. That's why they're ripping down walls. They're like, I know it's here somewhere. Just freaking the fuck out. Just ripping everything apart that they possibly could to try to find this magic item that might be able to melt somebody's face or might be able to make it so you can have zero gravity. Like (laughs) you just, you brought them into a whole other mystic world on top of the fact that they already thought that they were like, the top of the top. <laughs> you know, you know what my personal opinion on that is, is that, uh, okay. So the occult, the occultism in Nazi Germany was an SS thing. That was the SS. You're talking the black sun. Uh, Heinrich Himmler was the head of the SS. Some could say that he was technically second in charge. Uh, Hermann Goring, which was the head of the Luftwaffe, which is the air force. I think on paper was Hitler's, you know, what I call underboss. He was his, you know, next in line, you know, the vice Fuhrer, so to speak. But Himmler had way more power, way more power than probably even Hitler, because his SS troops and SS officers answered to him. They didn't answer to Hitler. So 
when they had this castle, and the name of it escapes me right now, but Himmler had this castle in Germany where he would induct these people into the SS through an occult, like occult ceremonies. And in the middle of this one big round room in this castle was the Black Sun. And that is a occultist symbol that was adopted by the Nazis. Just like the swastika. Everybody freaks out if you wear a swastika. Like if you wear a t-shirt with a swastika around it and you walk down the street now, people are going to freak out, right? But the swastika goes back literally thousands of years. In in I mean, it was big in uh, Hinduism. It was big in Buddhism. Well, Buddhism kind of morphed out of Hinduism, right? But you see this swastika all over in ancient civilizations, right? And it was supposed to bring people good luck. And this is why Hitler adopted the swastika as the symbol for the Nazi party because it was ordained by God that we are the chosen people. We are the elite, the master race. And this symbol is going to bring us good luck. They were into symbolism like, like big time. But when you, when you really start, when you really start learning more about World War II and Hitler and everything, and I know this, this conversation is kind of segued into other things, but <laughs> I, 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 once I get talking about Nazis, I'm a, I love talking about Nazis. I find this uh, stuff fascinating too, so I'm totally okay yeah, with it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know we were talking about how the troops were all jacked up and stuff like that, but you know, there was so much occultism, uh, and other things in a lot of reading that I have done, like I really think that they discovered anti-gravity. I really do. I I think they even, because, you know, um, of course this could be just something that was made up or somebody heard this or somebody said it, you know, back during the war and it just kind of stuck. But, but there's, but there's a, something that says that Hitler said, we're doing so well because we had help from others. So, so there was a lot of stories that if you dig deep, you can find these. They're not like, like, don't go Google, try to find them on Google. You know, maybe on Brave or something like that, you can find these. But there was, uh, there was, you know, UFO encounter stories based out of Nazi Germany. Just like, just like how we have the story in Roswell, which kind of makes you wonder if it's just a recycled story. But but one of the stories is, is that the Nazis recovered a crashed spaceship. Now, I'm not here to argue whether spaceships are off planet, if they're on planet, if they're beyond the ice wall, if they're on these other vast continents beyond the poles that uh, Admiral Byrd talks about. You know, I'm not here to argue that. But let me just give you, let me just give you some info, right? Now, now, you've heard of the thing called the De Glocka which was what we call the Nazi bell, mm-hmm. which they, I think this was their, their first success with anti-gravity. And I think they accidentally discovered that they could time travel with the Glocka, with the bell. Wouldn't that make a kind of a weird thing that maybe Hitler did escape to Argentina, but not in the time that anybody thought that he did? <laughs> now, it wasn't Hitler that supposedly disappeared that was associated with the bell. But there were several high-ranking SS officers that just 
disappeared off the face of the earth. Like, like overnight. And these were the guys that were running the whole bell program. Kind of a weird connection in with that. I've talked to two people who have done 20 and backs. I don't know if you dig into that whole thing or believe in that whole thing, but they've claimed that the people that run those programs are ex-Nazis. And I know who you're talking about because I've had this conversation with him as well. So, uh, but anyways, we'll talk about that off air. (laughs) Uh, So the 20 and back program, I don't want to hop into it just now. We can hit it in a little bit. Uh, The jury's still out on that. That, That's kind of out. And then I will explain to you why I think that. But getting back to the bell. So, so these, these SS officers that were in charge of the bell program uh, disappear. Not only do they disappear, but the bell disappears. Dude, they all disappeared together. <laughs> you know what's kind of funny is the Hitler bell looks a lot like the Kecksburg UFO incident. Okay, it was headed that way. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to get ahead of you. That was just <laughs> instantly where my mind was going. A lot of similarities in the acorn shape of that they reported of the Kecksburg, Pennsylvania UFO crash, right? Crash lighting. So you hear lots of different stories. Of course, stories get embellished over time, right? You can have a base story and then this person adds this to it and this person adds this to it. Next thing you know, bingo, bango. This is the real narrative, right? But let's just, this is, chat a little bit about some of the stories out of Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, right? All right. Keep in mind this Glocka, I call it the Glocka, but it's the bell is, uh, you know, it's got probably swastikas on it and who knows, maybe it had some type of hieroglyphics that they put on it to say, you know, well, we accidentally discovered that we could time travel in this thing. Dude, they used to have this thing chained to this concrete circular pier that the pier is still in existence to this day. But they had this unit chained to this during testing because I think they were using types of plasma beams. They were using some type of weird energy that they were maybe got the technology from the quote unquote others. Right. And just in testing this thing, this thing was thrashing around in some of the, you know, illustrations that I've seen. I mean, obviously, there's no real video that we know of. But just from descriptions of so-called whistleblowers, again, could be total BS. Who knows? Get a scowl of the dark web. You probably find something, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? (laughs) That's another place I need to venture. But anyways, uh, to me, that's like going behind a veil even deeper than I've already gone, right? (laughs) Just got to hope you don't go in the wrong direction. (laughs) I'm a little apprehensive about it. Not going to lie. But anyways, so I think what happened, long story short, I think that they discovered they could time travel with this thing. And I think when the Germans knew that the end was there, you know, the ending was the landing in Normandy. That was the end of World War II. Was not the end of the Nazi empire. Let's not confuse those two. Right. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, these guys he- hightail it out of there, and now the bell's gone and they're gone. Dude, where'd they go? <laughs> See, the other option. Op- you know, and you know, in time travel, right? Kecksburg wasn't that many years after the bell disappearing. Uh, Kecksburg was in the 50s, right? Can we look that up? I'm going to look it up real quick. I thought it was 
It's either 50s or 60s. 50s or 60s. But how the story goes, this crash of this acorn-shaped UFO in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. December 9th, 1965, just to throw that one in there. Okay, so you're talking 10 years, right? You're talking 10, maybe 11 years. Because the war technically ended, I want to say, on April 30th or May 5th of 45. I can look that one up too. D-Day? No, D-Day was June 6th, 1944. But it took... Hitler committed suicide on April 30th, 1945, if you believe that story, which I don't. May 8th, 1945 is when Victory Day was in Europe. End of World War II, that's what they're saying. VE Day, uh, what day was it? Uh, May 8th, 1945. Okay, Okay, May 8th. All right, so I was guessing May 5th. But uh, uh, April 20th is Hitler's birthday, and I remember that because my first wife's daughter, my stepdaughter, her birthday was April 20th, and I always say, oh, happy Hitler Day. (laughs) And... uh, and, and my mom's birthday is April 30th. So I always just say, oh, happy Hitler suicide day. You know, but but anyway, so you're talking, uh, Kecksburg was in 1965. The be- Actually, so no, that's uh, 20 years. Sorry, that's 20 years. So, so, you know, in time travel, that amount of years could be like nothing. You know, because we hear, you know, how many TikTok videos do you hear? Oh, I'm from the year 2349 or whatever, right? Like you're talking hundreds of years. So, so to me to travel ahead in time, 20 years is not a stretch. Like, I think that could be done like easily. I mean, ironically too, with the whole 20 and back thing, it's the 20 year period. So there's, there's some type of something with the 20 year period with just even making reference to it. Yeah. And you could be 100% on that, but let's go back to Kecksburg. So this acorn shaped UFO crashes in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, right? People see it like dum-dums. They call the authorities. Like if I saw a UFO crash, fuck it. Last thing I'm going to do is call cops. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to, I'm going to go check this thing out myself. They're already aware. Uh, you might as well word? go and take advantage of the, of the operation before they come. <laughs> like it, the second yeah, it crashes, well, they're okay. aware. <laughs> so if we have the technology that everybody's saying we have, you're absolutely correct. They're going to know where this thing landed. Unless it had some type of radar evasion whatever cloaking abilities, who knows? But the similarities in the appearance of this crashed UFO in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania happens to be very close to the bell, the Nazi bell. And not only that, there were quote unquote eyewitnesses that said that it had swastikas on it mm-hmm. and it had other hieroglyphics on it that they could not make out. And it was even one whistleblower that said a gentleman, not an alien, but a gentleman got out of it and he was dressed in a Nazi uniform. Shocker. (laughs) Could totally be BS, like I'm saying, but that story is out there. Now, I want to say that some that said it was even two of them Well, that would make more sense because it was two SS officers that disappeared. You know, I mean, they wanted to get out of Dodge. These guys were using slave labor. They were using people out of concentration camps in these mines, working in these deep, deep caves, building war equipment. Right. We know that that's not conspiracy theory. But if you're in charge of that, 
Like, you know, that's not going to end up real good for you if you get caught, especially if they see the shit you've done to these people, right? That's war crime, right? I mean, I mean, they're hanging people. They're hanging commandants in concentration camps just for something to do. Because, oh, you ran this place. This is horrific. We're going to be judge, jury, executioner right now. We're not going to wait for Nuremberg trials. We're going to hang you right now. Or, or we're going to pick out the healthiest, healthiest prisoner here. We're going to let him shoot you. I know they did that too, but a lot of, a lot of similarities between the acorn shaped UFO in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania and the Nazi belt. So getting back to what I was saying, the Nazis used a lot of occultism and I think they were onto something because personally, I think there's something to it. I think there's something to mysticism. I'm a big believer in witchcraft. You probably know my family's history on that. If not, we could talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. I know, I know for a fact that if you apply yourself properly, I don't mean reading freaking spells out of a book you got at Borders or BAM or Amazon. I'm saying, like, dude, you can make up your own spells. You don't have to follow anybody else's thing, right? If you have the ability to perform witchcraft, you can take that a step further and you can have the ability to do all kinds of strange things. I think that a lot of humans, myself included, have the ability to do that. So it's not a stretch for me to believe that the Nazis and the SS, the SS officers that were involved in Himmler's, not Hitler's, but Himmler's in a circle, had these, had had the power to do that. I think they developed the power to do that. And, and I think this is why they were so hell-bent. And like you say, they traveled all over the world, everywhere from Tibet, India. I mean, I mean, everywhere in search of like any information that, that would bring their, uh, their mysticism in, into fruition to make it work. And this is why they thought they were the master race. And this is why they always wanted to say, oh, we're Aryans. We're Aryans. We're the master race. And then, you know, you really want to jump down a rabbit hole. Like, go, go look up who the real Aryans are. Those are like the people in modern-day Iran. Those are like the real Aryans. Right? So, so go do some reading about that if you want to get your mind blown. Right? And, of course, northern Iran is very close to the Himalayas. Right? It's in a mountainous region. You know, we know that, you know, because it wasn't called Iran back then. I don't believe. I think, uh, the, you know, the name Iran and the name uh, Iraq, those are uh, like after World War II when the UN came in and started splitting up all these countries. That's where Syria, Jordan, Iran, Iraq, all that came from, right? But the people of Iran are Persians, right? They're not Arabs, they're Persians. And some of them, uh, what is that other religion uh, that Freddie Mercury's family was? Um... Uh, Zoroastrian. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, which they were the dominant religion in, in Iran at one time. Of course, you know, when Islam took over, they kind of tried to sweep those people under the rug. Zoroastrian faith? Z-O-R-O-A-S-T-R-I-A-N. Zoroastrian? Yeah. 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 Close enough. So that that was, I think, more probably, you know, and I don't want to say this, but that could be like where the Aryans actually came from, right? So, uh, so anyways, so so they're trying to take the Aryan race 
and say that it's more, you know, more Viking, you know, which some Vikings could be Aryans, you know, blondes, blue eyes, whatever. I mean, we have a huge Viking gene in our family uh, and that's proven through genealogy. And uh, so it was, it was imperative to the Nazis that they could prove to the world that they were the chosen one. And this is why it was okay for them to try to conquer as much of the world as they possibly can. And I mean, look at the ground that they covered. The only reason it didn't the only reason it didn't take the United States because they didn't have equipment good enough to fly that far and drop bombs and get home, right? Dude, if we were attached land wise, they probably would have tried to stomp right in. Yeah, well, you know, there's stories how there was Nazi subs off the coast of Cape Cod and the, uh, the coast of Florida during World War II, which is totally plausible, like totally plausible, right? But uh, but anyways, yeah. So I don't know how we got off on that off on that uh, kind of tangent there but but you get me talking about nazis and i can i can go all day dude i haven't gotten you know? to talk about nazis on the show so it was definitely awesome to connect all this stuff and i haven't gotten to talk about the kecksburg ufo incident on the show too so that was just covering another base so totally okay to go off on side tangents i thoroughly enjoy yeah, it yeah so listen your listeners go check out kecksburg pennsylvania crash go check out the nazi bell look at the correlations Shit, I might even make them part of the uh, the cover for the episode. So if anybody wants to check it out, I'll put the two together. So all you got to do is look at the cover art, and you'll be able to compare them for yourself. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really it's really interesting. Like for sure, you know, UFO shit interests me, anyways, big time. But uh, you know, I'm into that. You know, we talk about that on Wicked Planet too. You know, once in a while, we haven't done a UFO show in a while, but I want to. I mean, we've done some Sasquatch shows. We actually have the New Hampshire Sasquatch researcher guy come in the studio. Uh, Super nice guy. He just kind of freezes up when you get him in the studio. So we kind of got to, you know, give him a little, a little pride there. Get him, you yeah, know, she get him to him. up a little bit. Keep going. Uh, into- but he does, but he does some, he does some legit, uh, some legit research for sure. Hey, uh, you want to hear a story that I heard this afternoon? Oh yeah, definitely. And also I do want to hear about your family's history because I don't think I've actually gotten to hear that before. So I'd love to hear that too. Oh really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Super interesting. Anyways. So. When you've listened to the show, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but one of my guys that comes on to talk a lot uh, in the wintertime is not around in the summer. Uh, we'll just call him Sean. He, uh, I hadn't talked to him for probably a week or two because it's a bit, really busy time of year for him. He texts me today, tonight. He goes, oh my God, you're not going to believe what happened today. I'm like, okay, I'll call you. <laughs> Oh, because I'm trying to get all my stuff done so I can get to the studio in time to do the show. I mean, this is how fr- <laughs> this is how fresh this story is. And I can show you what time the text come in just to prove I'm not making this up. He says him and his wife today were out on the river. Now, we got a big river. All right, we got lots of rivers, but we got a really big river. It's about 10 miles from here. And it goes all the way down southern New Hampshire through Massachusetts, goes out. I want to say it empties out into Boston, right? Boston Harbor. Anyways, he says, and, and, and he's and he, he sells these little pontoon boats. So he was out testing one today. He said, dude, I was out on the river, me, just me and my wife, and, you know, just testing how the boat was going to do because the currents are really strong right now from all the rain that we've had, and the rivers are really high. So when the river, when this Merrimack River gets high, well, the currents get pretty rugged, right? Mm. The river is known for having heavy-duty current anyway. He says... I saw this nice little area that I kind of wanted to anchor off of and jump on shore and kind of walk around. He said, it looked like I saw some, 
some trails and there was a couple of benches there. And he told me where it was. I said, dude, I know exactly where that is because we go hiking down here. We take the dogs down there. He goes, well, check this out. He says, I didn't even get a chance to get off the boat. And I look over and out of the blue, I could see a tree come smashing down. And he goes, and he goes, that's kind of unsettling, right? Now I can tell you, I was sitting by my pool the other night. I want to say it was Saturday night and a tree out behind my house just randomly came down, which is just odd. I, I was just thankful my dogs weren't out because it happened to be right on my four wheeler trail. So I'm probably going to have to go cut it up and move it off the trail where it came down. But that's also where my dogs go to chase whatever's out in the woods. Right. So I'm like, Oh my God, that would have crushed one of my dogs. <laughs> but anyway, so this tree comes down he said, which obviously got my attention. Right. He says, and I'm looking over there and all of a sudden I see another tree swaying and then that one goes down and then another one goes down. He goes, okay, somebody's got to be down there cutting trees down because it just happens to be in this area where they have a homeless camp. Like, that, like there's no homeless camp where he was, but close in that vicinity, there is a homeless camp, right? Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, an eighth of a mile up the river, there's a huge homeless camp. They're always going in there and clearing that place out. But anyways, he started to get a little sketched out because he can't see what's doing it. And he's not hearing like people hacking at it with an ax. He's not hearing anybody sawing and he's definitely not hearing any chainsaws, right? Gets back on the boat. He tells his wife, let's, I don't know. This is a little sketchy. Let's just, let's just pull anchor. We'll go further up the river. And he said, and his wife was looking and staring and staring into the woods, you know, in the direction of these trees. Mm. Honest to God. Now, now keep in mind, This dude's wife, she is not a believer. She does not believe in Sasquatch. Just doesn't. She turns around and she tells him, let's go, 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 go. Get up the river. He goes, what'd you see? She says, I've never, I I would never believe this in a million years. She said, I saw what looked like what you describe as a Bigfoot. (laughs) Oh, she said it was very tall, maybe eight, nine feet tall, maybe even 10 feet tall. She said, it's hard to see, hard to see for sure, you know, for, for how tall it was. She said, but the one thing that stood out, it was looking right at me and it had a white face. The face was white. Now it's not no homeless person out there, eight, nine feet tall. And it's been super hot up here. Like the hottest it's been in a long time, which personally I love. I love hot weather. But I mean, if you're covered in hair, you're probably getting more irritated, which could explain the tree breaking. Hello. (laughs) This is exactly what I told him. I said, I will say, you know, I was actually got stuck working on my own car today, which I absolutely despise. And I was, I was getting irritated because down in the shop, it's hot. You know, even with the ceiling fans going, I mean, it's cooler than standing out in the sun for sure, but it's still hot and it's muggy. You know, New England gets very humid. It gets humid in New England, just like it does in Florida, believe it or not. If you look at temperatures in Florida on certain days, it's actually hotter in New England than it is in Florida. Really? True story. True story. Yes. I would never have guessed that. It's the way 
okay, it's because how the jet stream goes over us and then we're close to the coast. So we got the Gulf stream. So that's bringing all that humidity up from the Gulf of Mexico, right? It gets freaking hot here. Like if the sun comes out and it's humid, you will literally cook. I, I touched my car. I leaned on my car and it's a dark color car. So it's going to get hot. I leaned on it before I drove it into the shop to work on it today. And I literally burnt the palm of my hand. I mean, I mean, I don't have skin coming off or anything like that, but I dude, it was hot right now. I'm working on my own car. And of course I'm not as patient as I used to be. Like if I'm working on a customer's car, I'm super patient. If I'm working on my own shit, I'm like, Oh my God, just freaking go back together. Right. (laughs) You know, like stop fighting me. And, uh, and I was on a time, I was on a time limit too, because I had to leave to go get my kid from summer camp and I can't be late to do that. Right. So just saying the humidity, the heat, I mean, I'm not covered in hair. I mean, I'm a kind of hairy guy, but I'm not hairy like Sasquatch hairy. And I was irritated because of the heat. Now I, t- I told him this, I said, now, could you imagine how cranky and now if this is a light colored Sasquatch and he's got a white face, maybe he's older, maybe he's an old buck, you know, maybe he's just all set. Like it's hot. It's hot. And he knows he can't jump in the river because somebody will see him. You know, he needs to stay hidden. You know what my buddy said? He said, you know what? I think he got pissed off because we got too close to him and it wasn't anything he could do about it. So this is what he was warning us with. He was showing us that he could just snap trees off. So if we were smart, we'd probably stay away. I'm wondering if he was just hiding in the shade beyond those trees. And yeah, as soon as he saw him, he was just, because the only spot he could probably find a cool spot to lay down was, was up underneath these trees. He could have, he could have been trying to make some type of shelter, but I can tell you beyond, beyond any doubt whatsoever, my buddy does not make stories up. He just doesn't. This guy is very, well, he's not as religious as he used to be in the sense that he doesn't go to church but he's very much into scripture. And if anybody listens to the wicked planet, you're probably going to figure out who I'm talking about. And it ain't Buckley. (laughs) So, so anyways, I said, okay, well, listen, I got to go. I got to go meeting up uh, with a, with another podcast. We're going to do a show. I said, maybe I'll talk about it just a little bit. I said, but do you think your wife will talk to me about it? He goes, I don't know. You know how she is. She's very quiet. His wife is very, very quiet, but now she's freaked out. Because she was never a believer. And for her to say, I think I just saw that. So now I have to readjust my whole thought process. And I have to admit to myself that what these guys have been talking about isn't bullshit. It's true. Just a little something I wanted to share with you and share with the listeners. I'm going to try to get more information on it. He actually pinned the location. He texted to me. And it's exact, I know exactly where it is, but we're going to have to, but it's kind of, it's not on an Island, but it kind of is like, like the river goes down one side of it and then a huge swamp wraps around the other side of it. So it's almost like a peninsula almost. It's, it's more like an Island chain. Like, like you could probably get in there with a flat bottom John boat or a kayak on the backside undetected. Of course, you're not going to be undetected. Sasquatch going to know where you are. <laughs> as soon as you start right, and, making and some noise in that swamp. Everybody give me a hard time because I love to talk about Sasquatch. And it's like, well, I do because I'm a believer. I've been a believer from childhood. 
Oh yeah, same here. I just 100% believe in it. There's a lot of sightings. New Hampshire's a hotbed. In Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. My town is a hotbed. And we don't have time to get into some of the things that I've experienced with that. We'll save that for another show. When I come on again or you come on Wicked Planet, right? Oh, yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, Sean and I, Buckley, and a retired Army Ranger who happened to be one of my customers, still a customer, but he's also a friend of mine now, uh, did tours of Iraq. He did like seven tours. This guy was really gung-ho. Retired from the service. But he was an Army Ranger. Uh, parachuter, airborne, all that shit. And he's going to go with us and he's going to be the firepower. Because I told him, Sasquatch don't like guns. Anybody that's heard any encounters with hunters, Sasquatch don't like guns. Like Sasquatch knows what a gun is, knows it's a fire stick and nothing good comes out of it, especially if it's pointed at you, right? I said, so we got to be very careful because... If we go in there and Sasquatch knows that we're friendlies or that we d- we're not a threat to him, we might be okay. But if you go in there with the mindset and Sasquatch can tell, because I can still say that almost mind read, like using telepathy is something very mystical about Sasquatch. It's not, it's, f- it's flesh and bone, but I think there's more to it. I mean, even normal animals, though, they can sense when somebody's coming with, like, anger or, like, they want to hurt them. So, it's, like, it's commonly seen throughout nature anyways to be able to have that sixth sense to know, like, what somebody's intentions are as they're coming into your territory. So, it's not even, like, an unheard of thing. All I know thing. is I don't, I don't want Sasquatch to get upset and start hurling rocks at us. Start throwing boulders. Because we've, <laughs> we, we've heard these stories, right? And in this town, I mean, you can't, like, step and not hit a rock, right? This is the this is the number one. It's the Granite State, and the town I live in is the gravel capital of New England. Right? We got a glacier came down through here. That's why we have all these swamps and all these rivers and all these creeks and everything. Right? But anyway, so so we've got we've got uh, we could call it an expedition, but we're, we're going to go on a hike out to a place that that uh, he swears to God there's burial mounds out there. I've had some theories on burial mounds actually being Sasquatch burial mounds, and that's why nobody actually finds the bodies, because these hills are all over in the woods. Nobody digs them up. Any hill you see could possibly be a burial site, and you don't even know. 100% agreement. Because I don't know if you've ever listened to any of the episodes when we have talked about how we believe we live in a cursed town here. Did several episodes about it. If your listeners want to go check out Wicked Planet, they can just scroll down and, and they'll be able to pick out which ones it is. Uh, something funky goes on here. It's definitely something funky going on in this town. And and Sean and I are in the believing that this is why we're here. 
Like I started out in Kentucky. Why am I in this town now? You know, his family started out in Boston. He's in this town. And not only that, but we only live like a mile and a half from each other. Now he lives down in a sketchy part of town where not only was there Sasquatch activity, there was also a dog man encounter. Now, dude, I am not making this up. I've told this story multiple times on other shows. There was a dog man that jumped on his pastor's hood of his car when he was leaving Sean's house. And this was a pastor. He's not going to make this stuff up. This guy's a reputable guy. Now, say what you want. I mean, he's not Jim Baker. He's not PTL Club. You know, he's not in it for the money. It's just a regular dude. Works a full-time job and he's a pastor, right? Yeah, well, he'd have he no said, reason to just bring up a dogman story just to get some kind of publicity or something. He said, I'm driving down this road. He said, and it looked like something was coming out of the woods. It was right at dusk, like just before it gets dark. Like it's like, what time is it now? It's it's quarter of nine here and it's still light out, right? So so I'm thinking this probably happened around nine o'clock, maybe 9.15. Because it was right around this time of year it happened. He said, he said, I thought it was a dog running, getting ready to cross the road. He said, so I stopped my car. I didn't want to hit a dog, you know? So I stopped and he says, and I'm looking and he said, this thing's too big to be a dog. Like not even a German shepherd. Now we got, dude, we got some big coyotes here. Like the coyotes we have here are actually wolf hybrid coyotes. And you can go National Geographic did a whole documentary about it. How the coyotes in New England are just different. They call it the Northeast coyote. It's actually a wolf coyote hybrid, just bigger. He said it was bigger than that. He said, but I stopped. This thing jumped up the hood of my car and just looked through the windshield on me. He said, it scared me to death. He said, then he jumped off my car, continued to run into the woods, and I got the F out of there. <sighs> Did he make any reference to it running away by pedal or anything like that? Or was it staying on all fours? Didn't get that out of him. To be honest with you, he's probably too sketched out to even remember for sure. Yeah, I would be because at that point, it's like you didn't even get to figure out what the hell just happened. It's just it happened so said, quick that you only pieced together like the little pieces that you actually got while you're in fear from it. Shane, he said it happened so fast and it freaked him out. But he said, I can tell you it was not a dog. It was not a wolf. It was something big that looked like a wolf. Now, how many stories do we hear the Sasquatch and uh, Dogman? They kind of work together. Maybe they're bros. I've often wondered if they might even be part of the same species, but just like two different variations of the same species. Because a I lot of the so. descriptions of Dogman so. are very uh, Sasquatch-like, or maybe even right. just a Sh crossbreeding. No, Shane, I always thought that too. But the more research I've done on it, the more encounters I've listened to, they're different. They're different. Like a Sasquatch can get ugly if it wants to, but not always. Mm -hmm. Dogman, Dogman's always ugly. He's never in a good mood, right? So, anyways, some interesting stuff coming up on Wicked Planet <laughs> uh, because we're gonna we're gonna dig into it. We're gonna find out what is going on in this town. What is weird, and that that section of town where he lives is sketchy. I can tell you. Years ago, my dad had an opportunity to buy a bunch of land down on that road. And, and my father was very superstitious. And my father told me a story. My father was mean, mean, mean when he was a kid. 
And in his family, like my grandmother and all my aunts and stuff, super religious. They still are. I mean, my I have two aunts that are still alive out of all the family. Everybody else is dead and gone, including my father. But my father said that when he was a little boy, he, he was in his room and he had done something mean. He had broke some glass out of some cars that my grandfather was working on. Because I'm third generation that's in the automotive business, right? And, of course, he got scolded really good, sent to his room. And he said he went to sleep and he woke up. Somebody was sitting on the end of his bed. And you know who was sitting on the end of his bed? The who? devil. <laughs> what was his description of him? Because I'm, I'm always fascinated by this. He just looked like this. a regular person. He said he just looked like a regular person. No horns, nothing, just the typical, like, was he wearing a suit or anything? Because no, my, my father didn't get into that specifics. He just said... I knew it was the devil because he told me he was. And he said, listen, if you're going to continue to act like this and you're going to continue to be a bad boy, now keep in mind, my dad's probably only like seven or eight at the time, pretty young. Might even have been younger than that. He said, if you're going to continue to go this way, he said, when it's all said and done, I'm paraphrasing, when it's all said and done, you're going to come with me. And we're going to go to a place you're probably not going to like. He said, so I'm going to give you a warning right now. Straight now. Stop being mean to your parents. My father used to climb trees and throw rocks at his dad, my grandfather. And any, Now, I never met my granddad. He, he passed away when he was 52 years old. And so, but my grandmother lived to be like 90. So she told me a lot of stories. You know what? And, and when I was a kid working down the old garage pumping gas, there were old timers that would come in and say, yeah, I knew your grandfather. His name was Jigger. We called him Jigger. Uh, his name was Jigger Lane. My last name is Lane and uh, L-A-N-E. And he said, yeah, old Jigger Lane was the nicest guy you ever wanted to meet. And I said, well, my dad must take after my grandmother then because she was mean. Although, although she wasn't mean to me. I was her first grandson. I mean, I, dude, I was her favorite. She'd buy me new bicycles and fucking whatever I wanted. <laughs> but but anyways, uh, but she was mean. I will give her that. She was very mean. And uh, so so my dad absolutely believed that that was the devil sitting on his bed. Now, did he ever straighten out? Yeah, maybe for a little while. But he was crazy. He was just crazy and mean his whole life, right? But uh, but so so I I do think that I do think that his superstitions is why he didn't buy this these house lots down on this road where where Sean lives because he, we were down there and he had, we had bought an old tractor down there and we were hauling it out of the woods. He goes, yeah, I can buy this, this, and this. I said, well, you should buy it because I said someday these are, you could put houses in here or sell it to a contractor and make a ton of money. Like I'm like 14 years old telling him this. He's like, nah, something, I don't like it down here. I, get a, I just get a really bad feeling when I'm down here. He used to say that. Now, had he bought that property, he probably would have made a ton of money. Like, he did that. He bought lots of property around town and made money on it, right? But you know what he used as an excuse? Because he didn't want to admit to me that he was scared, that something scared him. Uh, my father was afraid of the dark, actually. Uh, like, for sure. He admitted that he was afraid of the dark. And that might all stem from the devil coming to sit yeah. on his bed having a talk with him. That's what I was going to say. But, uh, but he said that I'm not going to buy this land because there's no power down here. There's no power lines. There's no electricity down here. It would cost too much money to bring electricity down here. I said, if you buy the land and somebody develops it, the power company will put power in here for free. 
<laughs> anyways, no, no, I'm not getting involved with it. Anyways, but this is the same section of of stretch of this town where several people that live there have had encounters with Bigfoot, and this pastor had an encounter with a dogman. It's not far from here, and this is where he believes he found these burial mounds. We're going to go check it out. We're going to keep you posted on that. Ooh, yeah, I was saying I'm absolutely already completely enthralled in the story, and I want to know where it ends up wrapping up at, if you guys end up finding anything weird down there. But I'm almost curious, though, if your dad, also being aware of like the supernatural, also didn't want to buy the land so that people didn't build on it and it didn't stir up more shit. Because maybe he was thinking that if he leaves the land alone, whatever's there will stay down there. But if he stirs that land up, contractors come in, then they're going to push all that weird phenomenon swirling in a vortex to maybe come up to where you guys are at. Maybe, maybe that was his intention is he knew to just leave the land alone to keep the phenomenon in that area. You know, I'm not sure if that's where his headspace was Shane, but I can tell you that that is probably exactly what happened because it's all developed there. Now. I mean, it's house, 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 house. There's one section where there's hiking trails and there's a big swamp actually swamps on both sides of the road, which is great habitat for a dog man and a Sasquatch. Is swamps. We all know that, right? I mean, how many sightings are, are there of dogmen next to water? They're usually hiding along like the mucky edges of the water. So, I mean, you can't walk through a swamp. A dogman can walk right through a swamp. You know, they have this whole pretty much like protective barrier from humans just having that swamp land in that area. Because they, again, can yeah. walk right through it. Same with Sasquatch. Yeah. If you are 10 feet tall, yeah. you can walk through a swamp and only go up to your ankles. Yeah. You know something? Uh, and I, and you know what? I'm not, I'm not uh, anybody to make stories up. Like, like I wholeheartedly believe this story. I really do of the pastor. And I also know one of the other people that said the Sasquatch came up to his house and looked in his cellar window because his brother was staying with him. I've told this story before his brother was brother was staying with him for a few weeks. And he was down in a finished basement. And the brother said something was weird going on. I looked out, I looked out the cellar window, you know, the cellar windows here. Uh, every house has a cellar because it gets so cold. Uh, cellar windows only about probably, I don't know, foot and a half wide and probably, oh, it's probably two feet wide and about a foot tall. They're pretty small. He said there was something looking in the cellar window at me. So I had to crouch down and look in the cellar window and watch me. He said it sketched him out. Dude, like I've had time. countless stories of the window creeping. And most of the time they say that these windows that they look in, even ones that are that size, these things are so big that their face almost takes up the entire window frame. You know what I think it is, Shane? I just think they're super curious. Yeah, honestly. I mean, they got nothing yeah. to entertain themselves out in the woods. So what do they do? From my opinion, they mimic sounds because why not? So they hear people walking around. They hear car doors. They hear owls. Like, you got nothing to do in the woods. Why don't? Why not mimic sounds, you know, just for fun? So I think that yeah, they I do get- that. And they're just they're curious. It's like a zoo. They peek in through a window. And it's just, what are the humans doing? Okay, so I got to tell you another story. I know people get all, oh man, that's all, that's BS. I'm telling you, dude. Hey, I had one of my listeners, was listener to Wicked Planet, like right from the beginning. Like he used to listen to me when I was on Dangerous World. And he was coming up north on a motorcycle trip. And I want to say he's from Connecticut or Rhode Island, one or the other. And which is Southern New England. And he was going for a motorcycle ride. He said, hey, I'm going to be in your area. I said, dude, if you're going through through this area, 
you come to my house. I'll host you. You can camp out. You can do whatever you want. We'll have a cookout. We'll drink some beers. We'll just hang out. Well, you know what? He took me up on that. And uh, so I called Buckley. Buckley came over to the house and all three of us hung out. It was really cool. And I said, his name's Ricky. I said, Ricky, you don't need to like pitch a tent or anything. I got a day bed right in the office. You can just sleep at night. You're welcome to it. My wife was out of town. So it was just, it was like a guy's weekend, right? Mm-hmm. No, no. He said, no, I'm doing this. He said, I'm doing this gorilla style, this whole trip gorilla style. I'm camping the whole time. I said, okay, cool. I said, just remember where you're camping. You know what he did? He slung up a hammock between two trees. And it was, it's like a tent hammock. Like you get in it and you zip it. It's really cool. One of the ones that has the mosquito covers on the top. Yeah. 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 And uh, so we got that all set up for him and stuff. Of course, we're staying up pretty late. You know, we're drinking some, drinking some Sam Adams. We got a little fire going. We're having a good time, right? Just shooting the shit about nothing in particular. Motorcycles mostly because, you know, he was on his bike. Uh, he had a, uh, just before he got his Indian, he had a victory, a victory motorcycle, which became Indian. And uh, so I'm a big motorcyclist. I, I I rode with clubs and gangs for years. I still got an old Harley Davidson. Uh, I still have it that I bought when I was in my 20s. And uh, so I'm a big motorcycle guy. Paint a lot of motorcycles, do a lot of flames and artwork and stuff like that. And uh, and I said, okay, so just so you know, right up in this corner, that's where the, the little juvenile Sasquatch comes down. Because he's very curious. Now, I was being serious. I wasn't joking. He'll come down and he'll just hang out up there, but he won't bother you. Don't worry about it. And he's starting to get sketched out. And I'm like, dude, I'm not telling you this to scare you. I'm telling you this, that it might happen. I said, because I'm telling you right now, we've got a family pod around here. We know that. And I think there's a juvenile that's very curious about what's going on. Maybe he wants to come pet my dogs. I don't know. But I can smell that fucker when he's out there. And I and I smelt him about a week or so ago, right? Check this out. We have owl activity everywhere. And again, I have told this story before. I'm not making this up. Honest to God, like I could hook you up with this guy on IG. He probably follows your page. I could hook you up with him and he could tell you the story himself. But I said, listen. If you hear owls or whatever, don't be sketched out. It could be an owl. could be the juvenile talking to owls. All right, whatever. Half hour later, we hear the most closest God, like blood curdling screech, like a screech owl, like right out where I told him where the juvenile comes in. (laughs) And he looked at me, Shane, and he's like, Oh my God, you weren't joking. I said, dude, I told you I wasn't joking. Now I says, okay, so now I'm going to tell you again, you're welcome to stay in the house. If it bothers you, you can stay in the house. I 100% I have no problem with that. He goes, no, fuck it. I'm staying in my tent. This is what I'm doing. And he said he didn't hear nothing else the whole rest of the night, but check this out. It's very typical for us to hear owls, right? We'll hear owls like hooting out in the woods. And then, you know, owls, they communicate. They usually set up what I call triads. They got one owl here, then there will be one off this way and one off in the opposite direction. And they will hoot back and forth, right? <clears throat> honest to God, the story, honest to God. This was about maybe up to a month ago. 
I'm out there late at night because once the weather's nice, I'm outside till 11 o'clock at night. Like I'll either, well, it hasn't been warm enough to go swimming tonight. Although I am going swimming when I get off the show. There you go. Uh, tonight. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's like 90 degrees still. And uh, so anyways, I'm outside. You know what's weird? It was right after a recording too. It was after it was on a Wednesday night. It had just rained. The rain had stopped. It was kind of warm, kind of humid. And it was really dark out because it was still under cloud cover, right? So I parked my car and the outside of my house is lit up pretty good at night. We got outside lights. Plus we got motion sensor floodlights. Uh, Only because when I go to let the dogs out, I want to make sure there's no deer in the yard because they will chase the deer. And my biggest fear is them chasing a deer and a deer gets hit by a car or my dogs get hit by a car. Now they would really have to work to get into the road. They'd have to go across the whole front yard, which is pretty big, jump over a stone wall, go through some trees and then into the road. But still it scares me. So, so anyway, so the whole place is lit up. I'm outside. I'm like, okay, I'll let the dogs out. So the dogs go out and I'm out on my deck. I'm having a smoke and I'm just kind of tired. You know, it's probably about 10 30, 11 at this time. And, uh, it was a late night. We usually don't get out of the studio till nine 30 or 10 anyway. And, uh, and then the dogs start acting a little weird. Willow starts growling up in that area. Like she's like, she's got like a beeline on something. Like she sees something out there, smells something. I'm like, never mind. Never mind. Just stop. That's why I tell her. I always say, never mind. Just stop it. I said, get in the house. Well, the hair on the back of her neck was standing up just a little bit. Now this is a pit bull. They ain't scared of much. Mm-mm. And she's definitely not scared of much. Now, Opie, he's a dum-dum. He don't care. But Willow was more, she's like, she's more like observant, right? So I get him in the house. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish my smoke. So I'm sitting out there. Then I start hearing the owl hooting. They've got this whole cadence that they do, right? And couldn't tell you what kind of owl it is. But... Then I hear another one further out returning to call. Then I hear another one over here, like across the street, returning to call. Like, okay, that's that's okay. Yo, but it startled me at first, right? But check this out. The owl hoots a little more than honest to God, this is the noise that I hear coming back. Okay, dude. Fucking hair on my arm stood up, goose pimples. I'm like, oh my God. Try to, I, I said, okay, I got to stay here longer. I got to hear this. Didn't hear the owl hoot again. And then he does it again. <laughs> All right, dude, that sounds like a chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not an owl. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> because, because it was closer than the owl that was returning the first call. He was like right in between, like not far out in the woods behind my house. Now I'm like, all right, screw this. <laughs> so I'm there. I'm like, not going to lie, a little sketched out, close to my door. Like a door is going to keep a Sasquatch from coming in your house, right? <laughs> but just me, 
just me mentally, like, okay, I'm going to be able to be inside at least. It's like the and equivalent know, of putting the blanket over your head. You know, it's not going to do anything, but you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like the blanket, you know, if you had a snorkel, you know, the monster can't get you and you got to make sure your feet are covered by the blanket too. Right. But anyways, so they did that like three cycles of that and then it stopped. That was it. There was no more noise. No owls, no monkey sounds, nothing. I'm like, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> I went in the house, called it a night, just laid in bed and thought about it. And uh, so, yeah, that was recent. That was recent. Dude, I know there's something going on behind my house, like for sure. Have you tried yeah, setting up so. trail cams or anything like that? I mean, obviously, it's hard okay. to catch these things on camera because I, I think that they can see the infrared like a lot of other animals can. I, but 100%, 100%. So... I guess there is some new, I have trail cams. Yeah. I guess there's some new trail cams that the infrared is not detectable. I got to look into it. I guess, I guess the technology has evolved like really well for trail cams, right? Because everybody's, that's always the argument chain. They're always like, well, how come we never see it on a trail cam? Well, if they're telepathic, and they could use infrasound. How many how many uh, encounters have we heard about that? They use infrasound, right? They could probably see that infrared beam. They could probably detect that. And they, they're smart enough. If they're smart enough to know what a gun is, they're probably smart enough to know that whatever that thing is that's got that little strange light on there, I probably should stay away from it. I mean, not to mention if that's like their house too. You know, if somebody comes in your house and adds one new object, you're going to notice that new object that's sitting there. 100%. Like, I can walk in my house and tell you if there's something out of place. Like, that's the same thing with deer on deer trails. That's why people, you know, you're not going to sit on the side of a deer trail and wait for a deer to walk up to you so you can shoot it during hunting season. No, you're going to have to be in a blind. You're going to have to go out there and, and get the deer used to things looking different so that it doesn't think about it. You know you know what I'm saying? You've got to, you've got to get in the deer's head. You're going to have to make the deer used to maybe things being a little bit different. So then you're going to catch them off guard, right? So I think Sasquatches are so intelligent that they could tell if it's a branch broken that's out of place. They could probably tell footprints. Who knows? Shane, it's all speculation. However, put all these encounters together and start finding the common denominator in all of them. And there are tons of common denominators, mm -hmm. right? So I do have an old trail uh, trail cam. Uh, it actually was very high tech in its day, but it's probably about 10 or 15 years old now. Uh, still works great. But I would like to kind of uh, get some trail cams and try to mount them higher in a tree aimed down on a, like a 45 degree angle and see if it just picks up any motion. Like I used to get bear on my trail cams all the time. Man, we got we got big bear behind our house too. Uh, bears don't sound like owls, right? Even deer snorting, deer snorting does not sound like an owl. I'm telling you right now, what was making that noise out there was a squatch. No doubt in my mind. And of course, it helps that I'm a believer. And and yes, I might be trying to you know, talk myself into thinking that that's what it is, but it just, that's just how I feel about it. 
I feel there's something out there. Do I really want to find out for sure? Do I really want to have an encounter with a Sasquatch in my backyard? Do I want to be floating in my pool some night and look up and see a Sasquatch leaning over my pool watching me? Now, shit, that's the stuff I think about. Now I'm going to think about it tonight when I go swimming. <laughs> You're going to go be half asleep just floating around in the pool and be like Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, again, you know, my wife always says there's only three kinds of shows that I watch. She says there's only three shows. It's either a show about Hitler, a show about Sasquatch, or a show about aliens. It's the only three things Ronnie watches, she says. She doesn't watch anything else. I said, that's not true. But she's pretty close. But And whatever. I've been into this stuff since I was a little kid. Hey, that show In Search Of. Ooh. That, that, the original one now, not the remake. The original one. Leonard Nimoy one. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. You know, his son is actually the one that does, did, does the remakes. Really? The new In Search Of. That's Leonard Nimoy's son. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah, there's a new In Search Of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's on anymore. I think it was just on for a few seasons. I'll have to find it. It's kind of like the Twilight Zone that like everybody forgets that they remade it sooner because the original was so legendary that like everybody yeah. forgot there was even a remake to it. <laughs> yeah. So the Rod Serling ones are the ones you want to watch. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm about to look that one up as soon as uh, I get a chance tonight because I'm sure I could probably find it on the internet. I'm good at uh, scowling the internet for things that most people can't find. <laughs> All right. So uh, I don't know how much time we have left, but... Uh, so I wasn't sure if you were aware or not, but on my mom's side of my family, we are direct descendants of John Proctor, who was hung in the Salem witch trials. So he is my, I want to say, I've got the paper. It's either eighth or ninth great grandfather. So it's direct lineage from John Proctor to me. Now, my mom was raised on the Proctor farm in New Hampshire. And because, you know, back in the day, New Hampshire was actually Massachusetts also like New Hampshire, Massachusetts, New Hampshire and Maine were all Massachusetts territory at one time. So John Proctor, I'm sure, you know, people know the story, was one of the main characters in the Salem witch trials who was hung for being a witch, even though, you know, jury's out, the jury's out on whether any of them were witches, you know, but but he was a wealthy landowner. And uh, a lot of my great uncles always used to say that it was just a big land grab is all it was. But it's still an interesting subject to look into. And, and I've always known that. I've always known that we were proctors, uh, even from like middle school. I want to say I kind of learned about that in middle school. But uh, but yeah, so so that's my mom's side of the family. My grandmother was a was a proctor. And, and her dad, my great grandfather's name was John Proctor. Because that, that name was handed down. Every generation, it was a John. Uh, so my great-grandfather was John Proctor. One of his sons was John Proctor. And so on and so forth. Do you think that he was actually like actively doing witchcraft? Or do you think back then, it was one of those things that he just kind of got pushed into it because he was the wealthy landowner. Maybe somebody had it out for him. And then because of that whole idea of him possibly doing witchcraft, it kind of transitioned into your family? Or do you think he was like kind of the start of it? Don't know. I want to say, you know, allegedly he was a very pious man because, uh, you know, these were, you know, you're talking, this is the 1690s that this happened. The Pilgrims first landed in Plymouth in 1620. My family came in 1641. 
funny enough, both sides of my mom's family came in 1641. The Proctors came and the Wheelers came. Landed in Plymouth from England in 1641 on the same exact boat, same ship, but on a different trip. So this ship basically just, and I want to, I want to say the name of the ship was the Susan and Ellen, I think was the name of the ship. But this ship just went from Plymouth, Massachusetts to England and back. It just kept bringing people back and forth. But you got to remember, these people were very religious. They were seeking religious freedom. That's why they left the Church of England. And because they were, you know, they were Puritans, which was its own little sect, you know, you could call it like a, like a Quaker. I mean, we had some Quakers in our family too. Uh, a lot of Puritans has actually ended up uh, going and uh, becoming Quakers also. Uh, which brings you to the Shakers, which Shaker, we have a Shaker village, like as the crow flies about a mile and a half through the woods from here. Uh, we have like the biggest Shaker village in New England is in the next town over here. But uh, in the whole story of the Shakers, the Shakers were, were Quakers, right? But they would get themselves into these trances and do these dances. And they would go into like convulsions and this weird, like kind of almost like Pentecostal type stuff. So they nicknamed them the Shaking Quakers. So for short, they just, instead of calling them the Shaking Quakers, they called them the Shakers. But here's what's interesting. A lot of bizarre stuff about the Shakers that I'm going to be getting into too. I actually started doing a screenplay on a story based on a story that an old timer told me about Shakers. And it wasn't, it wasn't about the Shakers being nice, God-fearing people, Okay. It actually has to do with child sacrifice and stuff like that. Because the well, because the Shakers were celibate. They weren't supposed to they weren't supposed to have sex and they weren't supposed to have kids. You know, you know, if you if you if you joined the Shakers, you gave everything that you owned to the Shakers, and that was it. Like the women were housed in one dormitory, the men were housed in another dormitory, right? So yeah, not gonna get into that tonight. But anyways, but but there's a strange Shaker connection to the church that happens to be right on the four corners of the road that we were talking about earlier, where there was a dogman sighting and multiple Sasquatch encounters. This church is called the Free Will Baptist Church. Now, you can look up Free Will Baptist. It's a real thing. Now, when the Shakers were looking for property and a place to start a community, because they were basically outcasts, like think Mormons, right? Like how the Mormons traveled across the country and settled in, you know, while well, Idaho was big Mormon uh, country, Idaho, Utah, obviously Utah is the main one, right? So, so just think the Shakers in that way, right? So, so but when they came to this town, they got, they were hosted by the Free Will Baptists. And the Free Will Baptist Church that they hosted the Shakers in is still there today. It actually... It's now owned by the town. It's where the original town hall was. They raised the building because this is another thing that the Shakers were famous for. They were very frugal. They would take a one-story house and they would turn it into a two-story house by building up and putting a second story and then pushing the roof up, right? So that's what they ended up doing to this church. 
But oddly enough, it was the Free Will Baptist that hosted the Shakers before Shaker Village even became, you know, while they were in the process of acquiring the land, which is huge. It's a beautiful, beautiful spread. They have tours there. You can go there, check it out. Another thing that's kind of odd about that section of town, which is the geographical center of our town. It's actually called the center. And there's a big cemetery there that's called the center cemetery. But on right across the street from the free will Baptist church used to be a Masonic hall. Ooh, shocker. So that's long gone, but we found it when I was the president of the historical society for about 10 years in town. So I was privy to any documents that I ever wanted to see. And I was pretty snoopy. And we discovered that there was, in fact, a Masonic Hall on that same road where Dogman was. How many sketchy things do we hear about Masonic Halls? Especially all connecting in that area. Clearly, it's a point of interest. Whether it falls on ley lines or special land, there's something to it. And then you have the Free Will Baptist Church, which is right across the road from it. Mm -hmm. Sketchy. Sketchy for sure. Beyond sketchy. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, I know we kind of bounced around a lot of, you know, you get me talking about weird stuff and I can go all night. <laughs> I love, I love telling stories. Uh, if anybody wants to hear, uh, learn more about the Proctor family, just do some research, uh, on all the Salem sites. You can check that out. John Proctor was my eighth great grandfather. Uh, again, we're supposed to be doing a little bit more on that. You know what, Shane, when you work in a full-time job and you're raising a family and you got all this stuff going on. This is why Wicked Planet's only once a week. Dude, I don't have time. Dude, I can't make enough time for the stuff I'm trying to do between, you know, the family and doing the multiple shows and everything, man. Like, I wish I had more time to research. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but if anybody has any questions about John Proctor or Salem Witch Trials or any of the stuff we talked about, they can reach out to me at the, at the Wicked Planet podcast at gmail.com. Just send me some information. If you've got some cool stories, share them with Shane, share them with me. You know, I mean, we probably have a lot of similar listeners, but we probably have a lot of different listeners, too. And that goes the same for any Sasquatch encounters, any of that stuff, because clearly we're both fascinated in it. So don't just share it with one of us, share it with both of us, especially if they're ones that are happening in Michigan or New England area. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, Michigan is a hotbed for UFO activity and Sasquatch activity and Dogman, all, all the above. Everybody forgets about the Michigan dog, man, man. I did a three part series on the encounters and I still could keep going on it. I figured that three parts was enough and people are going to get sick of it, but there's so many encounters. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit off air. You got an area where there's Sasquatch activity, which also coincides with missing people. Right. So we have that in New Hampshire too. And I think to be honest, a lot of it, they, 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 New Hampshire is such a tourist state that, they don't want these stories getting out. And not only that, the Appalachian Trail goes right through New Hampshire. Goes right through the White Mountains. Goes right through the White, Mouse, White Mountain National Forest. Now, how many times have we heard the connection of weird things happening and people disappearing near national forests? There's national a reason forests. why I think that they're blocked off as national forests is because they know that there's something weird going on in those areas. Like there's a reason why. And I mean, even in like the Appalachians, for example, there was like the supposed feral people that were living where they're do- building the uh, Smoky Mountain National Park and they ended up trying to push them all out. Like there's a reason why they're trying to keep this land 
nobody's living on it, nobody's doing anything to it. Even just for the aspect, if you believe in like the spiritual stuff, you start messing with the land and start stirring shit up. I mean, who knows what type of stuff they might know is in this area. And if they start stirring the land up, who knows what might start popping up, especially Appalachia. All right. Well, All right, well let me, let me tell you a little something about Appalachia. I'm learning more about it only because that's part of my heritage. Right. So I was born in Moorhead, Kentucky, which is right in the heart of Appalachia. Where my family lived was in the mountains, in the hollows. Okay. I still have family that live there. I have a sister there and I have a brother there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, from my biological dad. So, uh, so I was, uh, I, I still have some roots in Appalachia in that area. I'm telling you right now, my sister would tell me stories. If you ever come down here, because I always had this little pipe dream that I wanted to buy a piece of land out in Kentucky somewhere just off the grid, just to go and hide if I ever need to, right? She says, you would be able to do that only because of who your family is here. She said, because our family is connected with this family, which is also a big family. She said, but if you, if you ever came down here, you would have to bring me with you so I could explain to these people the deal because you don't sound like you're from Appalachia. You sound like you're from Boston. <laughs> Get laying it okay. on thick too. <laughs> so, no, dude, that's just how I talk. Everybody, everybody said, you know, I don't know this. Everybody says, oh my God, this guy's got a wicked accent. And I'm like, okay, well, this is how I talk. It is, it is what it is. It's one of those things though. You can definitely tell where you're from. Not no disrespect by any means, but you got to at least coming from somebody that doesn't have an accent. And I'm sure it's one of those things that if you don't have an accent, you hear any accent, but like, yeah, you, if you went to Kentucky, people would definitely know you're from New England. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You should listen to my, I mean, my, my sister. You could definitely tell she's from Kentucky. I mean, just, just as smart. She's like me. She's got super high IQ, a uh, really smart chick. Uh, but she doesn't, she just sounds like she's from Appalachia. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she's told me stories about like our uncles and our great uncles and our, and our grandparents that they were just different people. They were just different. Not only did they want nothing to do with modern society, like at all, you know, so I'm like, well, I kind of, I kind of have that a little bit in me. Like, cause sometimes I don't want to be around people like, like at all. Like I don't have any problem doing a show and talking, you know, voice going out to literally thousands of people a week. I'm totally fine with that, but I don't like to be around people like, like much at all anymore. Like when I was a kid, I used to, it didn't bother me at all, but now it's a different story. And I kind of think that because. She said, well, you know, there was a lot of solitary males in our family. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, it's the same thing on my mom's side of the family, the Proctors. All those guys were solitary, too. Maybe it's just a guy trait. As you get older, you want to be solitary, right? Which is just another thing that says, okay, I'm tired of listening to you bitch at me all the time. I'm tired of your bullshit. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want your drama. That's where I am right now. It's another reason why I decided to work this week. I spent four days at home in a row. I never spend four days at home in a row. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll go down there. I might, if, if I'm going to be down there, if it's going to be a crappy, crappy week or whatever, I might as well go down and make money. When in actuality, I need to get out of the house. <laughs> Just trying to get like, like people that say, I want to live off the grid with the love of my life. 
No, you don't, dude. This is where stories like The Shining come from. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. They'll start driving you crazy. You got to have a little yeah. bit of personal space here and there. Yeah. That's why yeah. most people will just take off into the woods for a while and be gone for a day or two or go camping when they live off grid. They get away from the family for just a little bit. Get a little bit of peace of mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's good to get out in nature, but you got to remember there's things out in nature that don't want you in nature. Mm-hmm. Always remember that. Always be on the guard. You're going camping. I don't care if you're going camping behind my house. There's shit out there that doesn't want you out there. Believe it's Just spiritual or this realm. There's yeah. could be both ways. Yeah. Hey, Shane, I know you got another show you got to do tonight. And I know I kind of hijacked your show. So I apologize for that. Oh, no, dude. I definitely, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And it's one of those things, man, that I started the show just because I love listening to people's stories. So you're one of those people that's really easy to listen to telling stories. So like I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it myself. And I think the listeners are really going to enjoy it too. Shane, I'm an old guy. I've got a lot of life experience. I could tell stories. I actually had a writer approach me, and this is actually still in the works. He wants to do a book because he knows my family. He knows of my family. So, uh, because he's married to a townie here. He's actually like from California or something. He actually wrote, he wrote a book. He already wrote a book that was an Amazon uh, uh, top seller on Amazon. So he approached me. He goes, Hey, I want to get together. He said, I want to interview you a bunch. I want you to tell me some stories. I think, I think I want to write a book. I'm like my life story in a book. That would be interesting. I'd definitely be fascinated in reading it. It gives you more stuff to talk about on the show too. Shit. As you know, you know, Shane, you're young. What are you? Thirties? Are you even 30 yet? 29. (laughs) You're 29. So you're not even 30, right? Almost there. April. I'm twice as old as you. I'm going to be 60 in December. Mentally, I'm still 29. How I live my life, I'm still like 29. So I'm I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go as long as I can. I'm going to tell stories for as long as I can. And I just want the listeners to know, if I tell you a story, I tell you it's a true story. Please believe me because it's a true story. Hey man. I am much better. I am much better at telling true stories than I am at making up stories. It makes it easier I like to make up stories. Yeah, if you got to add details and remember all the details, it makes it harder. If you're just telling an exact story, it's like it's just easier to tell. It's easier to tell the truth. Everybody's been saying you know that for what's years. The weirdest thing, like the weirdest thing, like I had surgery about six years ago, and I was I was in, uh, under anesthesia for a little bit longer than I should have been. Now the doctors told me I got a little neurological damage from that. And that it was going to affect my short-term memory. Okay, so gotta say, short-term memory sometimes I can have an, uh, have a problem. Like, like this person will say, "Oh, hey, call me in twenty minutes." Okay, yeah, no problem. I'll call you back in twenty minutes, dude. I totally forget, but I can remember with complete detail something that happened thirty years ago. I can remember things that I read in books when I was in high school. Dude, when I was in high school, we read books that they don't want kids to read nowadays. Shocker. The, there, there's, I can remember. I can remember those stories. So there's a name for that though. It's uh it's like it's not picture mind, but it's like poly something where you can remember every single detail of every single thing, like to the T. There's like a specific name for that type of brain. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but, you know, if something is memorable to me, I'll remember it. 
I guess if something's not memorable, memorable to me, it goes in uh, like the, the back corners of my library in the back of my skull here somewhere. You know what I mean? That's the only way I can describe it. You know, like in Stephen King's story, Dreamcatcher, are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite Stephen King stories. Okay. So, you know where they talk about the library? Mm-hmm. They have the library where they keep these stories and these thoughts and these other things in this library. Like, I have that library in my head. Like, I have things that I can stow away and forget about. And there's some things that I've stowed away and I actually have forgotten about. And then I'll be having a conversation with somebody. And they'll say, hey, remember so-and-so and so, and we did this and this and this? And I'll say, oh, my God, I totally forgot about that until you just sparked my memory on that. I mean, I have those moments. Dude, I have right? a lot of those, too. It's I, I think I have the same kind of setup where it's like you store everything and you keep the interesting stuff to the forefront, but all it takes is somebody to spark something, and all of a sudden you can say exact dates, and you completely forgot that you even knew about the event, but as soon as somebody sparks it, it's like exact times, dates, everything. It all just comes back. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I think that's why I took to podcasting so easily. Yeah, same here. I feel like it's yeah. it's a common thing between all of us that we yeah. have this ability yeah. to sort through information and bring up what's prevalent when it needs to be and be very punctual about the information as we're telling it when it's important. Yeah. Hey, I want to thank you for having me on, Shane. I know we've been talking about this for a long time. You know, for the listeners, we actually tried to do this last week, <laughs> but things happen. Yep, no audio on one side. And then we finally got it figured out over Zoom. Then we ran out of time, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, it kind of led up to the conversation happening today. And hopefully that's going to lead up to even more awesome conversations in the future. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And I hope the listeners enjoy the show. And uh, I guess before we start wrapping up here, uh, I always like to do words of wisdom uh, from the guests to the listeners because listeners always really enjoy that. So uh, before you give your links and everything and let everybody know where to find you, uh, what words of wisdom would you like to bestow on the listeners? You know... I have lots of wisdom that I would love to hand down to people, but it would take too long. But the only thing I can say, I don't like to be cliche about things, right? But this is kind of cliche. Follow in, in the times that we're living in now. Now, these are unprecedented to me. Like I said, I'm going to be 60 years old in December, right? I grew up in the Vietnam war era. That was when I was growing up, finally, you know, getting my feet on the ground, figuring things out, you know, learning the tricks of the trade that I'm in now. Right. Don't stop yourself from doing something that in your heart, you know, you want to do. And the only thing that's stopping you is what you think other people are going to say about it. Take other people's advice. Always take advice. Always be open to that. But don't decide to run your life based on someone else's perception of what your life should be. Like me. Everybody looks at me and they just know I'm a car guy. Oh, that's Ronnie. He's a car guy, motorcycle guy, four-wheeler guy. He knows all that. So he fixed anything. Right? But. That's what I ended up doing by default. That's what I grew up in. But my actual things that give me enjoyment in my life are totally different than cars. Totally different than motorcycles. I won't say that about four-wheeling because that to me is the ultimate thing for me. That's the thing I really look forward to doing. 
because it gets me out in nature and it gets me away from people. We were just talking about Mm -hmm. not being around people, right? It gets me out in nature. It gives me that little sense of exploration, right? But say, say you're working, say you got a really good job. Say you got a job, you're making a hundred grand a year, maybe more, you know, but you freaking hate getting up every day to do it. We either, even if you're working from home, like my wife works from home, she makes a ton of money. She absolutely hates her job. Don't be like, don't be that person. Don't sell out for the money. You know how much money I make off of Wicked Planet? Zero. I have no ads. I don't have a Patreon. I take donations on Venmo once in a while. That's cool. Would I like to make money on the show eventually? Yeah, but you know what? That's not really my goal. I do okay. I do okay. My wife does pretty good. I do okay. I get by. Got a nice house. Got a nice vehicle. Not talking about the one I drive back and forth to work, which is a total train wreck. (laughs) But it is what it is. I have nice stuff. But what I'm saying, people look at me and they say, oh, he's the car guy. You know how many people in this town, like everybody in this town knows me. You know how many people in this town know that I actually have a podcast I've been doing for a couple of years? Like a handful. That's it. Because, oh, I didn't know that about you. Oh, why would you? Why? Oh, you know what the first question is they always ask you? No, are you making any money off of this? Oh, that's I, the most common question from my end too. Trust me. Number one question they ask. They don't ask you. Oh, what's your show about? That sounds interesting. No, they ask you, now, are you making any money off of this? Well, you know, maybe some way down the road, you know, maybe Spotify will you know, pay me like like a tenth of what they pay Joe Rogan. <laughs> Pers- personally, I don't see that happening. However, I do it because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right? I always, wanted to, I always wanted to be a movie director. If you really want to know what I always really wanted to do. I love stories. I love telling stories. And I have my idea of how a story should be conveyed on film. And that's something that maybe I will toy around with. I've written screenplays. I've written stories. I have stories in my mind. I come up with story ideas all the time. I actually have a friend that lives just outside of Boston that went to film school. He's actually filmed some footage here in my junkyard for a couple of his short movies. Actually, he did one short movie that actually won a lot of awards. He filmed a portion of it here. He filmed, he filmed like three scenes here. Uh, he's a guerrilla filmmaker. Like he don't go get permits. He just goes for it. Right? <laughs> so, so uh, I get along really good with him and we're talking about maybe collaborating on something on maybe a short, uh, short film or something. That's what I'm into. But how many people are going to tell you, well, that's never going to go anywhere. Why do you want to do that? Why are you wasting your time doing that? Because I've been doing this other shit since I was five years old. I've already, there's nothing left. I need to prove to anybody that I can do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I want to do what I want to do. The only thing is part of the wisdom here. Don't wait till you're in your fifties to do it. And I mean, follow your passions regardless too. Don't worry about the money with it. The money will come like enjoy the passion for what it is and don't let money manipulate everything that you do. Cause I feel like more often than not, that's the problem on why people don't do half the stuff that they want to do is because they don't see it as like 
being the means of income that they need, or they're not going to get paid enough to do it. It's like, if you're a musician, don't be concerned about being the most famous musician in the world. Just enjoy writing the music and being a musician. All of that will come after. If you're trying too hard to do all of that and make it so you're the most world famous person in the world, like it's not going to happen. Like forces are going to be against you at that point. You just have to enjoy it, become the passion of it. And then from that passion, people will see that. And that's what will end up boosting you up is that you have a pure, honest want and need to, to do something. And that's what will get it noticed by other people. That's what will make it so that people will actually check out your stuff. It's, it's all about just follow your passions. Don't, don't be concerned about the money with it. Just do what you want to do. Yeah. But let's play devil's advocate. Be careful of what you wish for because fame is not all it's cracked up to be. I was actually not famous, but I was infamous back when I was your age. We could talk about that another time. And yes, it came with its perks, but not the kind of perks that I was happy with, right? So yeah, I was very, very well known. Name in the papers all the time, on the news all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a time in my life that I don't regret. I don't regret it, but I wish that I was a lot smarter at 29. Like, like I knew, I wish I knew what I know now back at 29. So don't wait till you're 50 to chase your dreams. Go get them now. Don't worry about the money. I happen to despise money. My father, his whole life was money. Money corrupts everything. Money. My father said money is my God over everybody, including my family. And when he ever told me that, I said, you know what? Money will never, ever mean that much to me. Mm -mm. It just will not. I will not screw people over for money. I won't lie for money. I won't do any of that for money. Money doesn't mean that much to me. I can make enough money to survive. I'm happy with that. Would I like to have a couple million dollars sitting in the bank? Yeah, who wouldn't? But point is, are you going to sell out for that? Look at the stories coming out of Hollywood, what these people have given up to get their fame and fortune. Right, they're going to answer to somebody at the end, and it's not going to be the one they're going to want to answer to. Mm-mm. Especially the way so, that all the fame stuff's going now, as far as like the occult and the satanic and yeah, people selling their souls exactly. for things. This, and- this is the point I'm getting at. Like, I will not sell my soul to the devil for a bag of hundred dollar bills. I just won't do it. I'm just not. I'm just. I'm not cut from that cloth, as the old timers would say. I'd rather enjoy eternity than the here and now. Yeah. You know what? Next time we get together, we'll talk about my thoughts on reincarnation and where we go after we die. Because I I actually was going to talk about that a little bit tonight. I have some very cut and dry opinions on that. Also, ingrained in me as a child, not stuff that I learned living. Something that I already knew when I was a child, which leads me to believe that I'm more correct than I am not. You follow Oh yeah. I, I absolutely yeah. want to hear it. We got to schedule something ASAP because I feel like we have so much more to talk about. Like we barely even scratched the surface and we're running about two hours here. All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm easy to find, uh, I'm on Instagram, even though I was, I'm not quite sure what I did, but I got banned from going live for three days, <laughs> which, which to me is a, who gives a shit because I don't go live anyways catchphrases. You probably said something, just one specific Who word of the you've algorithms. Seen, you've in seen like. some of my, you've seen some of my posts, right? So, so anyways, uh, but anyways, come and find me on Instagram, Ron from new England, all one word. Uh, we also have a, a show page there, the wicked planet podcast. Come check that out. That's just basically show info. Sometimes I'll run some funny stories or whatever. Uh, if you want to see the controversial stuff, go to Ron from new England. 
Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm not super active on Twitter, but I've got a lot of connections on Twitter. That's why I'm on there. Uh, you can come and follow me there. I'm Ron from NE on Twitter. We have a Telegram chat that's pretty bumping. <laughs> Just got a bunch of new members in the last week. And uh, some of the stuff these people post, oh my God, where do you get this shit? <laughs> but it's called the Wicked Planet Podcast Chat. Come and join it. It's it's open page. Come and join it. Just don't try to sell you Bitcoin bullshit. Not doing any of that. If I see Bitcoin bullshit or whatever, you're getting deleted like right off. But uh, but anyways, yeah, email us at the Wicked Planet Podcast at gmail.com. Got any questions, encounters, any stories you want to talk about, things you want to know me, uh, want me to know about or whatever. Yeah, just shoot me a shoot me a, a email anytime. Uh, you can DM me on uh, IG at Ron from New England. Just be really patient. I get inundated with DMs. I've got like five categories that DMs go in. And I have to I have to actually sit down for a half hour and take the time to go through them. Of course, a lot of them are, you know, just the ones you probably get them that just say, hello. Yeah. The single ones are the, okay. I-, I noticed something spiritual coming from your picture. And they're all the yeah. <laughs> people yeah. trying to sell yeah. you that shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See something spiritual when I don't even have a picture of myself on my Instagram. Or join you know, the Illuminati really Brotherhood. Me. That's my other common one. I get constantly. Oh, yeah. We all get that. <laughs> we all get that. That was hilarious. So uh, the biggest thing that I get uh, is uh, when somebody will DM me on my Ron from New England page. Okay. It asks me where I'm from. <laughs> okay, if you're that dumb, you're getting the delete button. <laughs> Anyways, but come come check out the Wicked Planet. Uh, we're available. Uh, actually, we're all over the place now. Uh, we're all the usual suspects. Spotify is a big one. Uh, Apple Podcasts, right? Which, if you got an iPhone, a lot of people don't know this. You have the podcast app installed on your phone already. It's a standard app on Apple phones. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasts. You can download that app. You'll find us there. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. We're on Amazon Music. And we are on Audible.com. So come and check us out. We're on all the other ones, too. What is it? I mean, we could sit here and name off podcast apps all night. Podverse, right. um, Podcast Addict. That's the one I use. Uh, yeah, there's Podbean. any podcatcher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all they are. They're just aggregators. But anyways... If you're going to listen to the Wicked Planet, go to one of the big venues. It helps with the algorithms. And hit the follow button. And if you're on Apple, leave me a five-star review. You know, don't leave me some bullshit one-star review and tell me how, you know, because I'm not a 100% flat earther that you're not going to listen to the show. (laughs) All right? So, whatever. Have an open mind. I tell people Wicked Planet is not a family-friendly show. Right? Like, you can listen to it with grandpa and grandma. Maybe they probably get a chuckle out of it. But... Don't listen to it with your kids in the room, please. This is kind of drive on the way to work. Listen, listen on the way to work. Listen on the way home. Listen when you're taking a show. Listen when you're taking a dump. Listen when you're working. Do whatever, right? Just don't let it. Don't let the kids listen to it because we go into some pretty dark subjects, especially lately with the child trafficking thing uh, that we're getting pretty heavy into. Because I'm a big guy. I'm a big advocate of taking care of the little ones. Don't mess with the kids. Yeah, otherwise you'll have every podcaster in the community coming after you all at once. Yeah, and not only that, don't mess with animals either because Ron from New England is a big animal lover. And that's all I do on Facebook. I hardly do anything on Facebook. Like, you can find me on Facebook, but don't bother because I'm not going to do anything over there. (laughs) But if you want to see how many dogs and cats and goats and frigging horses 
and everything. I'm a big animal advocate. I, I, uh, my wife and I, we volunteer for a pit bull rescue. We actually do home visits and uh, adoption applications and stuff. And uh, we just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a big animal person. Don't mess with animals, especially black cats. Cats are gods. Everybody needs to know that. Remember that. Shane, thanks for having me on Inquiries of Our Reality. I appreciate you coming remember, on, man. It's been a great conversation. Me, I remember when you uh, was pitching that title back when I first met you. I said, oh, dude, that's perfect. It's one of those weird things that like your your show ends up falling into the title that you give it. And I don't feel like I could have named it a better thing. Even Bizarre Encounters too. That perfectly happened to fit that show too. But like what encounter isn't bizarre at some degree, right? Exactly. And that's why I picked Wicked Planet because this is a wicked planet we're living on. It's full of wickedness. And also wicked is an adjective in New England. We use it almost in every sentence. I was going to say that, I picked it up a couple times. I didn't know if you're purposely trying to drop the name of the show, but no, that no, no, that's that's just how we talk. <laughs> one hundred percent legit. That's how we talk. The word "wicked" is an adjective. We use it to describe things. It's wicked cool. It's a wicked piece of shit. That guy's a wicked asshole. <laughs> we use that all the time. Or oh my gosh, she's wicked pretty. So that's an adjective. So that's why I named it Wicked Planet. It seemed fitting for a show coming out of New England. I mean, I and dig just it. so everybody knows, I am not from Boston. I might sound like I'm from Boston. I am from New Hampshire. Granted, I'm only an hour from Boston. But <laughs> I don't make this accent up. If everybody says, oh, my God, the guy's got an accent. I do not make this up. That's how I really talk. This is not my radio voice. This is my real voice. Shane, thanks for having me on. Thanks again, man. I uh, Again, we'll have to reschedule something again because we could continue keep going on forever. And uh, it's already been two hours. I guarantee you we could do 10 more two-hour shows and still probably still have stuff to talk about. But <laughs> I told you that I would bring plenty to the show not to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you again making the time to come on, man. And I'm really looking forward to next time. Hey, thanks, Shane. You have yourself a good night. You too, man. If you guys enjoyed the show, and come on, I know you guys definitely enjoyed the show. Don't forget to leave a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. It's an awesome way to make it so that the show gets seen by some new people. And another way to help the show get seen by some new people, don't forget to uh, share this episode with any friends, family, or anybody else that you think might enjoy it. It doesn't even matter if you're friends with them. If you guys got some kind of common ground, you guys talk about the weird stuff once in a while, throw them an episode. You never know what it might do. They might pass it on to another person, pass it on to another person, start a chain of events, and next thing you know, you got your whole entire office all listening to the show, and all of you guys can just talk about podcasts together. Come on, that'd be great. But it'll never happen unless you pass the show on through word of mouth with a friend family, or coworker. And of course, if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, be it you want to contribute to some art to something, uh, you want to sit down and have a conversation, you want to share your experiences, you want to talk about some weird shit, you want to be a guest on the show, uh, any of those, you guys can message me on Instagram, which is the social media that I'm the most active on, or you guys can email me at increaseofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com, or you guys can go to the link tree, fill out the submission form, and of course, that will go directly to my email, Make sure that you guys check your spam and junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single message or email that you guys send me. Everything that I've mentioned is available off of the link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. Or you guys can make it easy for yourself. Go down to the show description, click the link and follow it to whatever you happen to be looking for. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. 
and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.